What's going on? It's your boy, Skitty Penis, back here with another episode Hello, of Eat Sleep Elite. What have we here? <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Uh, I'm here with the Chieflet himself, Chaz Lorino. How you doing there, buddy? Doing all right. We're off the rails. It's it's already... <laughs> <laughs> We've already hit the fan like this shit. <laughs> no, but you know, it's it's one of those weeks. It I think it'll be fun. They call me Samoa Joe because I'm hitting the fan. No. Yeah, I, th- I think we got a fun little show lined up here. And uh, yeah, we got some fun news we'll dive into, right? And I wouldn't yeah, say there, there was like a, a uh, plethora of matches, but not like a plethora a of like spectacular wrestling. Like there was like the last, like, I mean, I feel like there was a good five weeks there where there was just like banger after banger after banger after yeah. on uh, Dynamite, you know? Um, And it wasn't that this week. Um, but it was pretty good. There was a good match on both shows, you know, um, and some, some fun stuff on both shows as well. You know what I would say? There was, okay, hear me out. And, and I'm just going to name off one of them. So like Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta. Stellar match. Obviously, we'll get to it. Then we had Lee Moriarty and Large William, right? And that was fun. It's fun. And then, you know, Large. then you, yeah. And then whatever the tag team battle royal. And then Moxley versus Uno. It was fine. You know what I mean? That's how I would describe Rampage as well. You had Yossi Osum versus, versus Bucks. Good. And then uh, the women's match. Fine. You know what I mean? Again, not anything spectacular. And then Sammy versus Andretti. It was fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I would describe both shows. It's not like they were like. Sammy versus Andretti, maybe I should give a little bit more cre- credit to, but like it was fine. You know what I mean? Like it was, it wasn't anything that like really like got my jammies, Jim, Jim, Jimmy. You know? Um, I but feel, uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. But I did like uh, both shows. So yeah, uh, Dark this week we'll have to. I mean, Dark was just kind of like it was. It, is, it was again. Dark. I think of both episodes, there's one match that kind of stands out, and that's it. And I, if that's a, pro- you know, we'll talk about it. Is yeah. that a problem? Maybe, but do people even watch it? I don't even know. Okay, that's something actually I was going to bring up, and I guess I'll have to bring it up now. It's in my notes, so I'll bring it up anyway. But, like, I just don't know what the point of Dark is anymore, and I guess we'll we'll, we'll get into that a bit. But um, I'm not saying that it should go away or anything. I just, I'm just i just trying to figure out what its purpose is. But, um, but yeah, so but before we get into all that, there's some stuff we – some orders of bid ass we take care of at the top of the show every show. In case it just so happens to be your first episode of this podcast, make sure you guys can – uh, go ahead and follow us both on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B A N E D U K. You can follow Charlie at Oh Charlie with an X instead of an A. And you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Eat Sleep Elite. So make sure you follow it there. Sending your questions to the mailbag. Uh, you know we'd like to start doing that segment if we can. If not, then I guess we'll yeah. drop the segment eventually when people just don't do it. But um, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, you know, until people start doing it, but um you know when we start getting enough questions that we can just throw them together but um but before we get into the favorites and all that um there's some podcast platforms you might be listening to this uh, on which might be like apple podcast google podcast you know you know what platform you're listening to it on hit that like hit that subscribe thing whatever it is to follow the button to make sure you get the podcast in your feed every week there's a button somewhere on your podcast thing right now be it on the app on your phone or I don't know if, if you can listen to like Spotify 
or no, you can listen to Spotify. I don't know if you can listen to like Pandora on your computer, but like if you can, that's pretty cool. Um, but either way, you know, however you're listening to it, and uh, this this podcast has already gone off the rails, so you're in for two hours of just chaos. So strap <laughs> in, everybody. Um, pretty much. You should have heard right? us before the pod started. We were, we were losing. We were actually literally in real time losing our minds. It was amazing. Um, losing full. Yeah, we've lost the plot has lost. I would I was going to say we've lost the plot. The plot has lost us at this point. It's trying to keep up and it can't. All right. Um So yeah, but um I guess without further ado, I guess I guess we get into favorites. I didn't even ask you who had it first. I think it's me. Yep, it is you. We are okay. on an odd number. On them odds and the evens. All right, anyway. Um and yeah, so I uh, I think anyone that that's followed the pod for a little while knew where I was going this week um i you know there is one wrestler that i've been like a, a huge ad really both guys in this match actually i've been a huge advocate for uh ever since we really started getting this podcast going uh wheeler a little bit later on but like i remember if you go back to like episode one of this podcast i fucking hated orange cassidy like <laughs> i had so much hate for this character and then like i got over it but like I don't know. Something about that original Jericho feud that I watched with you forever ago just put some weird, like, bad taste in my mouth when it came to Orange Cassidy. I don't know why. Eventually, I came around on him, though. And he's probably my favorite wrestler in AEW right now. Honestly, that's probably not even a stretch. I mean, other than Brian Danielson, but yeah. Even right now, what Brian Danielson's doing isn't exactly what I'd have him doing if I just, you know, if I was going to use Brian Danielson, I'd tell you what I'd do. I'd just have him wrestle somebody every week and have like a five-star match that's just what i would do but um you know you can't give him an hour every week so and he also his body probably can't handle that but um but orange cassidy took on wheeler you this week see how i went way out of this this is how this podcast is gonna be i went like 10 miles out fucking that way to take my point all right anyway <laughs> um so orange cassidy took on wheeler you uh they did the, you know the expected thing between these two guys they did some crazy crazy but the crazy pin trading to start things off you know some some good locking up and doing the you know they i think they did a nice like little uh, push off spot on the you know when they uh when they lock up and then they they push off the ropes i don't know what that's actually properly called but i always call it like the push off you know um he sends them out he sends them into the ropes pal um so it's interesting these two already had history obviously if you go back to i remember saying this to you like last week too like this is something or maybe two weeks ago something like that I was like, this is something that needed to happen back when they split off originally, but they just didn't have time, really. There was too much going on, too many injuries. So, but the interesting thing about these two characters is I think even if they hadn't been friends prior to this shit, that they would have collided anyway. If you think about the two different characters, you have Wheeler Yuta, the guy that takes wrestling probably more seriously than anybody in wrestling right now, other than maybe Brian, you know? And... Orange Cassidy, who just his entire gimmick is that he just it doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, there's more to it than that. Like, there's nuance to Cassidy's character, but like, that's the basic gist of what Cassidy does. Is like his whole gimmick is that he makes a joke out of everything, right? Yeah. So, I think because of that, like, in that, I mean, if you think about it, they're kind of polar opposites as characters. So, if you think about it, no matter what, they would have had, they would have collided eventually. That's kind of what I was thinking while I was watching this match. I was like. Yeah, these two guys would have ended up fighting. They would have had an issue regardless of whether they had history or not. So it just adds even more to it. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, Claudio came out at one point and slapped the shit out of Yuta. I like that. 
Um, I like that too. Mm-hmm. Then uh, a little bit after that, uh, we had the pockets, like, you know, putting the hands in the pocket spot and then the devastating kicks. I, I noted in my notes that uh, Cassidy's Bandera is like super smooth. Um, you know, when he like hops over the rope to do the little spot, the little jumpy spot. There's a sign in the crowd that said, we got KD. I'm assuming, is that KD? Did KD sign somewhere? I don't know. Um, Kevin Durant is now on the Suns. Yes. Oh, okay. So yep. Yep, right. they got KD. I will say, but basketball fans, some of the pettiest fans in sports. All right. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, but I've, I, I, you don't see signs for like when freaking, I mean, I guess probably if, if like, uh, because you don't really see signings like that in the NFL, I guess. I don't know. Weird. Um, occasionally, but, uh, he headbutted, uh, Cassidy while he tried to hug him. Um, I thought this was actually like a pretty masterful example of television wrestling. Like both of these guys just knew exactly what they needed to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, Uta wrestling with gum in his mouth gives me so much anxiety. Um, how do I know that, Charlie? Because he spit it in it, <laughs> spit it out, and it landed on Cassidy's face. You could Blech. try and do that spot fifteen thousand times, and that might be the only time it hits. <laughs> right, it stuck to his face too, and he didn't the even. The fact like, that it stuck to his face is insane. Yeah, it's just those those like fucking things you can't plan in wrestling that just add to the moment, you know. Um, that back body drop spot on the apron was just. It's not the only time someone got fucked up on the apron this week. We'll get, we'll come back to that. Um, I think uh, we're gonna be coming out of this gate hot because I think I got to give the Simmons Award to fucking Wheeler Yuta for that sell on the, on the Tilt the World DDT, bro. He like planted himself. Like my God. And you already know we need our guy to help us out here. Uh, I also liked Cassidy hitting the uh, hammer and anvil spot. That was good. Um, I, I don't know, man, like I, Orange Cassidy is like right about at the point where like, I think it might be time to take the title off of him. Not because it's not, I think he's just like, he's starting to become, it's like, I don't even know how to say Like he's getting so huge in terms of like how important this run is. Like, I feel like it's like, um, oh, it's like almost at the, like the peak of where it could possibly be, you know? Um, Yeah. So it's, I don't know where you dude, go with that, but is you know what I mean? Like this, we match, got something special on our hands. That's for sure. It was sold like crazy. I wasn't expecting uh, Wheeler to kick out of both the orange punch and the beach break. Like that's, I don't think that's happened. I think if he's either if he's ever hit both, they've been it's been a win. So that's pretty wild. Uh, you got booed for not embracing uh, Orange Cassidy after he got hit with another orange punch. Like he was like down like on his knees. And like he hit like the, I don't know the high leverage orange punch, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think this is a dynamite match of the year candidate for sure. But you to getting booed for not uh, embracing Orange Cassidy at the end. Thoughts? Because I, you know, the you know we've talked about it. the Blackpool Combat Clubs had that edge for a while. Is it time that they leaned more into the bad guy side? Like maybe Danielson, if he does lose to MJF at the pay per view, maybe that's what puts them further down that path don't know but like thoughts just your thoughts on this match in general yeah and then we'll jump into the blackpool combat club stuff because i'm with you i got some thoughts on that myself uh i mean ridiculously fun opener just uh you'll hear this term pay-per-view quality being tossed around sometimes this was 1000 percent pay-per-view quality yeah this could have this been on was... revolution and i'd have been yes like, yeah, yeah and it would have delivered i think this was orange cassidy's had a very special run but this is now the match that sticks out most to me since his 
unbelievable match with Will Ospreay he had at Forbidden Door. And that's, I kind of feel like that was the turning point for this Osprey character. And I guess just maybe this perception of Osprey in general almost feels like that match flipped a That's lot true. of it was, a lot it of was weird how like or, or how new japan really didn't have any plans for for will at least not any immediate plans and then after that fucking match at forbidden door all of a sudden it became the will osprey era like you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. no and and for AEW and cassidy as well i just feel like that match did something to change people's minds about orange cassidy and i i really think we are now here today with this match against wheeler yuda which is honestly something they should they could have done a while ago, and I don't know if it would have even had the same meaning as it did today, because Wheeler Yuta. Nah, you, you need has, Wheeler to go be Wheeler for a bit. Yeah, it added like that that layer. Like I and was it saying. adds to it even more now because I think they are all but telling us the Blackpool Combat Club's going heel, and Claudio kind of doing what he did here with Wheeler. I I think all the signs are pointing to us having the summer feud of heel Blackpool combat club facing off with who the elite, maybe the, our baby faces of the elite. We haven't seen them yet. They had that, that match has not happened yet. That's how you get intertwined. Some of this stuff again, I, I could see that being the summer program, but so like way, what? So where do you, where do you get where, where do you confirm that? Do you have Moxley go full heel during his hangman match and hangman's flip back the other way? Like probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the Hangman Mox match, it seems like the perfect opportunity. Just let Mox go full evil bad guy deathmatch, man. That would be interesting. Yeah, because Wheeler and Claudio, this is clearly going heel route, and you know, I'm I'm curious how we're gonna see that playing out play out in Ring of Honor as well, because Claudio's the fucking champion, and Wheeler's the other champion. You know, so I think uh, honestly, having Claudio as a heel Ring of Honor's first champion of the new Ring of Honor era, that's a great way to start things off. Honestly, he, like, he's one of those guys that everyone just wants to root for him, but they will also root for his character. Like they will boo the shit out of him if it needed to, and that's just that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, the gum spot was awesome. I thought these guys just had unbelievable chemistry. You can tell they've wrestled before. And yeah, really, really great this stuff. This is just another, like, two two of the most underrated wrestlers in the world, right? To, to this, to this, in this current era are just, like, wrestling on TV. It's just nuts. Like, AEW does shit that, like, you wouldn't get this from WWE. You just wouldn't. Not even these days. Like, you really wouldn't. Like, yeah. And, and there's still some people that'll, you know, they'll see Orange Cassidy and they'll just call him Pockets and shit like that. And we know who those people, you know. I think Orange Cassidy has seriously. This title is almost, in a way, kind of defining his legacy and changing. I I just wish we could do, like, a case study on how people feel about Orange Cassidy today than they did, like, nine. When was, it was about nine months ago before the uh, Will Ospreay match. I'm just so I curious mean, what it would be like. Because you remember, I remember I, I remember everybody being like, oh, my God, this Orange Cassidy guy, he's so good. And I was like, y'all didn't know? Like, what? And and do you remember the build up to the Osprey match? Everyone's like this. You finally get Osprey and you waste him on this. They said wasting Will Osprey and Orange Cassidy. Like Orange Cassidy is not actually one and, of the best wrestlers. And Osprey and Cassidy you know? went out there and fucking stole the show. That was. I, I, uh, yeah. Anyways, 
Not to get completely derailed. Look, I'm I mean, already... you can. Like, I'll just say this: you could put Orange Cassidy against any high flyer in AEW, including the guys they've signed recently, like AR Fox and uh, Action Andretti and the you know the Dante and Darius. Like, you can look at all those guys and Phoenix, and you can be like, I think I think Orange Cassidy might be better at high flying than all of them. Like, and, which is crazy. and you know what? And let's touch on this now because I don't want to forget it later. We got another high flyer coming in next week. And speaking of Orange Cassidy with high flyers, we got Commander making his AEW debut next week. Hell yeah. In a big spot. This is one of those guys. He's younger. He hasn't been in like I was kind of looking through his resume. Be in that spot. I, I, I believe he is, right? Oh, is he in that match? I wasn't. Yes. Sure. Yes, I believe he is. Yeah, the the one that is really funny to me is Eddie Kingston being in the match because he's already posted like, "Do I really got to do this shit?" <laughs> I enough. fucking love it. I love it, man. But yeah, um, Commander making his AW debut next week. You guys want to talk about high flying demon? Like this guy is a fucking animal. Seriously, All right, we need a so, trios. We need a trios casino ladder match. No, I'm just kidding. I think he is going to be the talk of the town next week because he's going to do his fucking rope running. And he's going to hit some crazy shit, and everyone's going to lose their minds because they've never seen anything like that. And, yeah, uh, Commander, that that's going to be a fun one. But let's go – excuse me. Let's jump over to my favorite now. Copy, copy, copy. Yes, know where this is going. we got the Young Bucks defeating the Buckaroonies. Open. This was randomly announced that it would take place during – uh, the opener of Rampage. Not, not to jump to the Battle Royal, but I was thinking in the Battle Royal, I was like, he brought these guys in for, for that? Okay. And then yeah. they announced the match, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that Battle Royal. And then you fucking eliminate them first? Bruh. Okay, yeah. No, but um, I thought this match... No, look, I'm not going to compare it to Royal Quest, because I still think that might have been my favorite fucking match in, in a couple years. But... The Young Bucks and Aussie Open went out there, and this was high-flying fucking gobbledygook fun, right? <laughs> like, dude, this was just – I mean, Nick was having some of his crazy sequences. When I say Nick did, like, some springboard jump over the apron, you guys are like, oh, I, I can picture in my head what he's saying. Yeah, he fucking cartwheeled out of it and shit, and uh, Mark Davis, you know, as thick as he is, he was looking good in there. Uh, Kyle Fletcher I, – I seriously think Kyle Fletcher – he he's a young guy too, but every time we've seen Kyle Fletcher, I'm like, this guy's even better. There was a spot better. where he got, I think, T. Harris off the top rope or something. They didn't quite get all of it, but he just fucking chucked himself, and it was amazing. Like, I saw. Oh, but the Mark Davis thing comes from. I saw an entire thread on Twitter joking about. Yeah, they were just like thirsting over Mark Davis, and I was like, you know what? Respect. Bring that man to TV some more for everyone. Fuck it. Everyone deserves. Everybody loves a little Love. bit of big meat in their life. <laughs> little meat castle. Uh, but no, <laughs> this was a, just so much fun, right? I think that's the best term. When you get a Young Bucks match like this against someone like Aussie Open and you give them 16 minutes, they're going to go out there and have a good time. The crowd loved it. And yeah, I thought I thought the result was the right one here. You, you don't want the Young Bucks to lose. But I think Aussie Open came over here. Maybe it's a little test run. Maybe a little... Uh, because I don't think everyone knows what's going on with their contracts. We've covered that they are competing in the New Japan Cup. But if AEW can get their hands on Aussie Open, I mean, make the best tag division in the world even better, right? So I mean, If they could somehow pull another, like, 20, 
19 style heist where they just take four of the top stars or like three of the top stars. Like they could just pull United Empire out of New Japan somehow, which I don't think is possible with Osprey's contract, but it, it might be. I, you know, if it is, that'd be like the greatest heist in New Japan history. I mean, yes, Kenny and the Bucks, and maybe you could even say AJ, Shinsuke, and all that, but like, you know, like that would be like you'd be you'd be fleecing New Japan. Like Forbidden Door Two might as well be dead at that point if you do that. Forbidden Door Two would be all the rematches. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll jump to your thoughts on this match in a second. After the match, the lights go out. They come back on. House of Black is surrounding the ring. They're advancing on the Elite. Lights go out. House of Black is gone. House of Black versus Elite was then made official for Revolution, and I think that's. 1,000%, without a doubt, the right call. Couldn't pick a better team to face the Elite right now. And, you know, it's it's a much better uh, position than when we got going on for the tag titles. So, that yeah, being tag said... Tag titles, are, I, it's exactly <laughs> what I suggested might happen with those tag titles. I, I cannot be, believe what's, what's happened. So we'll, we'll talk about it, but I remember saying, like, yeah. it would not surprise me if it was just two nothing teams that go up against it, just so they can put it back on the acclaimed. Like, which is probably where we're heading, but I mean, hey. Yeah, so, um, that'll be fun when we talk about that. But what did you, what did you think of this match? Because, I mean, I thought we had two matches this week that stood head and shoulders above the rest, and that was Absolutely. our two favorites. Yeah, I mean, um, at this point, my notes. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's weird because like I love FTR, but I actually think for, for like the purposes of like wrestling, like an actual New Japan almost style kind of like uh, what Aussie Open do right now, I feel like the Bucks kind of match up with them a little bit better in that regard. Um, just on paper, like not necessarily. Like I think, um, obviously, I liked the FTR match more because more time, more importance. There was a Wait, champion that that Royal line. Quest was insane. Yeah, that match was just nuts. Um, but at the same time, um, I I really enjoyed what they did here. Um, there was a really funny spot where uh, they, I don't know if it was Matt or Nick, but one of them got passed from like one, from Davis to Fletcher in like a suplex, and they called it, and Jericho nailed it, called it passing the buck. That was great. Um, that was pretty funny. Nice little nice little uh, you know visual pun there by in wrestling. Like that's. To me, like, people will be like, oh, that's so lame. But, like, the, that's when wrestling is, like, actually funny to me. It's like, that's just, like, a random Passing happening. the buck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's I not that you. funny, but I was like, ha-ha, I see what you did there. You know, it's like, aha. Like, you know, they were all sitting there like, eh, I wonder if someone will say that, you know? Exactly. Those guys would be great for, for comedy spots in wrestling. But, um, but uh, yeah, no, Nick got the shit kicked out of him for a majority of this match, honestly. Um... <laughs> I mean, he's good at it. You know, he sells well. So, you know, um, Davis had a chop of death. That's all I'm going to call it. It was a chop of death. It was so he silenced the crowd and it was like a fucking gunshot. Like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, it really was, though. <laughs> like I said, Fletcher yeeted himself. Um, this was like a really great opening match. And I always like to call out the random signs that I see in the crowd. And uh, I'll bring one up later. But this one says Zack Snyder was all elite. Uh uh, all right um actually i'll just say the other sign i saw in the crowd was like sell snyderverse to netflix or something like that and i was like what what are they what is going on in this crowd this phoenix it was phoenix right this phoenix crowd was just lit with the signs but um i, I love wrestling signs that's one of those things I, I wish they would come back but you know everyone's got their phones now right so it's true can't it's blame true, them but um I kind of hope we get United Empire versus like the Elite for the trios titles at some point down the road. Like maybe oh. that's a Forbidden Door match. 
Um, that, yeah, the match they had in the build up to those titles that was that was my favorite Dynamite match of the year last year in the awards show. So just because I, I want to see these guys, guys more, you know, like yeah, um, agreed. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot to like about this match. It, it delivered on every level. Like, I wish, like I said, this was like in a pay per view setting or had more time, or because they got plenty of time, probably like fifteen minutes, I'm guessing, maybe even longer. But I don't know. I wanted to see more, and it's not that I didn't see a lot of good stuff in this match. I just wish we had more time with it, you know, because such, I mean, it's four of the best wrestlers in the world, two of the best tag teams in the world, you know. So I just wish we could have gotten a little bit more of it. But uh, other than that, I really enjoyed the opening to Rampage. I, I agree with you 100%. Both shows opened off hot, and then they uh, they went elsewhere. So yeah, let's jump into some news here. We've got some stuff we're going to run through including the Wrestling Observer uh, Awards, because apparently that was the talk of the town on Twitter, so. Yeah, WWE <laughs> fucking canceled by Dave Meltzer or something, you know? Literally. So, okay. Anna J. We got a little update. Anna J.A.S., my bad. She was responding to a fan on Twitter, kind of asking about her injury that took place, because remember she took that really bad bump in the street fight where she completely missed the table. She said, no bruised tailbone, but I did have some dislocated ribs. Not fun. So, uh, hoping she's doing all right, because at, at, that bump was fucking brutal. I, I saw, like, like literally days after that happened, I saw an interview with Willow. I think it was on the sessions, and she felt really bad about it. So, and I, I don't want to create the perception, like, that Willow is, like, dangerous or something, because that's not what I was trying to do. Yeah, no. I just remember seeing that spot and being terrified for what that meant for Anna Jay. You know what I mean? Like... Um, so, you know, I just, cause that, that, that's just such a, that's just like an unfortunate situation, you know, like, but at least she's not like, you know, unable to wrestle anymore, you know, which I, I didn't think was a possibility, but it's just the fact that it was even bad enough for her to say that yeah, it was bad is kind of not a good sign, but I don't think that's going to happen again. I feel like that's a one-time thing you're going to see from Willow, hopefully, you know? Um, so, but yeah, just tough, tough situation. Yeah, absolutely. So we got some updates on Jeff Hardy. So Jeff Hardy's been gone for a while since he, uh, since June 2022, when he was arrested again for a DUI. And we got some updates, and basically he's he's got a 10-year suspension of his license, and the case is closed. He's going to be doing some community service and some other stuff, some fees and all that. And yeah, so... Hopefully Jeff Hardy, you know, gets his life back on track on the up and up, right? You know, and doesn't do anything dumb anymore. I guess the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I, you know, same, same sentiment that you always see from Matt Hardy, which is that he just, he believes this will be the time that he actually gets better. You know, I want to believe Matt Hardy at this point. I genuinely believe that Matt Hardy believes stuff like that when he says it, you know? Um, Yeah. It just sucks. It sucks for him because, like, and I don't, I don't want to make Jeff look bad here, but you know, Jeff doesn't get enough job that on his own. Um, but like, it sucks because Matt Hardy really wants their team to work and for them to be able to go on that one last run together. And I think, dude, yeah, I think that I think, might be done pretty much. Unless, yeah, they, I think that dream's done. At the very least, not like week to week. It would have to be like, um, I, I think Matt Hardy finishes know. out his career outside of like you know, little things he'll do here and there. I think being with Isaiah Cassidy and stuff like that, it's probably his end goal for his career now. You know, I think, I think honestly, if if I were Matt Hardy, I'd be working toward that when Mark Quinn can come back. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. I'd be working toward 
getting a run at the trios title. That's what my goal would be. You know what I mean? Just one yeah. last run. Maybe even they win those championships, you know? Um, and then maybe it's not a long title reign, but they at least get them. You know what I mean? And then Matt Hardy can retire, you know, like I don't want to see Matt Hardy gone yet, but yeah, I, Jeff might've, I mean, Jeff's not able to drive for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like Literally. that's, you're, you can't have a wrestling career. I mean, not that he'd be wrestling for 10 years, but even if he wanted to wrestle for two years, he can't do that now, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it sucks, but... It's a weird spot for sure, you know? All righty. Um, what else we got here? So, we got some updates on Mercedes Monet's upcoming opponents in New Japan and Stardom. He will be wrestling at Sakura Genesis on April 8th which is the New Japan show, which I think we'll probably end up covering that. We were talking about wanting to cover the next, like, super big New Japan show. So, she will be wrestling AZM. Uh, AZM's kind of known as, like, one of the super fast wrestlers, and uh, I'm very curious about that, because AZM gets a lot of hype right now. Okay. So. Not one that's on my radar, but doesn't necessarily mean that they're not. You know, there's not very many women's wrestlers in Japan that make my radar just because they don't get that much notice over here for whatever reason. Exactly. And then April 23rd, it will be her stardom debut and she'll be wrestling on stardom show at the Yokohama arena against Mayu Iwatani, who is, I believe the person that Kyrie beat for the belt. I'm, uh, I might have to double check that. I know she faced Tom Nakano at some point, but yeah, either way, Mayu Itani, that is one that I think people are very, very excited about. And for good reason, of course. Come on now. But yeah, so Sakura Genesis getting our first kind of big match of Mercedes yeah. versus AZM. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll be seeing Kenny there. If if or if we don't see Kenny there, I think we'll be seeing Kenny soon. Probably. Because it sounds like he's kind of hinting and Twitter that he wants to do some mixed match challenge uh, matches for new Japan. So, but even in that clip of him and Mercedes, like he implied there was more to be done in, uh, in Japan before, before he wraps up his time there. So, you know, I mean, he's got a championship, but I mean, also like, you know, like he didn't at the time. So he was already thinking like in the future, what he was going to do after he won the title that night. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we have a little bit of announcements for, the New Japan Anniversary Show, March 6th. This is their 51st anniversary event. It will take place during the New Japan Cup, which we've covered. But the main event will be Bushimon versus Okada and Tanahashi for the Tag Team Championships. So there it is. Yeah. It's happening. I mean, I remember when we said this on the uh, New Japan Battle in the Valley show. It's like, I can't think of something bigger that you could do right now other than... I mean, especially with this current Okada run, uh, you know, take your two biggest or two of your biggest stars, if not your two biggest necessarily, you know, um, but certainly two of your biggest stars of the last 10 years, you know, yeah, Roman attack team, see what you can do with it until you figure out what to do with the championship. I mean, it sounds really bad, but it's kind of what they have to do right now. Right. You know, like, no, definitely. And, you know, I gotta say, I'm. I, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to that. I like the idea of it, and 
I'm curious to see how it plays out. I don't know if they're going to win. I, I I don't know if they're going to fall down some trap again, having their world champion with another belt, because we've seen before that can get a little messy. I, I still think it could go the way we thought it might go, which is they win the tag titles, and then Okada almost immediately drops the world title, and they figure out what to do with it. Like I don't know how you do that, but I don't know who you put it on, especially with Jay White gone and... Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know, man. But I, I really don't either. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It'll be interesting to see, but New Japan isn't like WWE in the way that sometimes when you see these interesting possible decisions, sometimes New Japan just makes the wrong choice. I mean, that's just a straight-up fact. Sometimes they do. Like, So we'll we'll see. Maybe we'll get Evil Run 2. Oh, no. Kenny Omega's AEW contract has been extended up to nine months because of his injury time. It was set to expire, it sounded like, in April. I'll double check that. It was set to expire January 31st of this year, and it has been expired another, or uh, added another nine months. So I wonder how Kenny feels about that. I mean, obviously he gets paid for longer, so he probably doesn't care. But I mean, like, does he want to have the ability to renegotiate sooner rather than later? Does he care? Is he making enough money already? I don't know. You know, I'm getting the feeling he doesn't care as long as they let him do what he wants to do. I mean, that'd be my guess with him. So, okay, best for last, right? Let's do some some of these Wrestling Observer Newsletter awards. Some people will tell you they don't matter. Some will tell you they're the only awards that do matter for wrestling. Some will tell you they don't care. The only, matters, the only real awards that matter are the, are the ESE awards. Let's be real. That is the fucking truth. So, here we go. Wrestler of the Year, the Luthez Rick Flair, Rick Flair Award. With 498 of the first place votes, John Moxley. I'll, I'll say the other two for this one. Roman and Will Ospreay were the uh, rounded that out. I'm not going to do other uh, awards that don't feature wrestling. Just because. Don't really. We could be here for a while. What, you don't want to talk about the worst gimmick of the year? <laughs> um. Okay, most outstanding wrestler. With 951 of the votes. Will Ospreay. And number two was Brian Danielson with 92. Tag Team of the Year, number one, FTR, followed by the Briscoes and the Young Bucks. Best on interviews, MJF, followed by John Moxley and CM Punk. So good good on you, MJF. Promotion of the Year, All Elite Wrestling. Best Weekly TV Show, AEW Dynamite. Pro Wrestling Match of the Year, Okada vs. Will Ospreay, August 18th, Tokyo. That won by 12 first place votes over FTR vs. the Briscoes, which I believe is the third match in December. Which, I mean, personal preference, I would have gone with FTR, but that's just me. You know, like, that's not to say that that Osprey will, that will, uh, that Osprey Okada match wasn't really good. I just, you know, I like FTR, so. Exactly, exactly. Um, United States backslash Canada MVP, John Moxley. Japanese MVP, Kazuchika Okada, by only 70 votes over Osprey. Mexico MVP, El Hijo del Vikingo. Europe MVP, Will Ospreay. The Hodge Award, the non-heavyweight MVP, El Hijo del Vikingo. Women's Wrestling MVP was Siri, uh, with more than double the votes from Bianca Belair, Jamie Hayter in third. Best box office draw, pro wrestling, number one, Roman Reigns. Feud of the year, FTR versus Mark and Jay Briscoe, by only 15 votes over Punk and MJF. <clears throat> Excuse me. Most improved by five votes, the acclaimed. 
most charismatic MJF. What did Brian Daniels say, by the way? The fact that, that FTR versus Briscoes won that and didn't have a single bit of story actually told in any promos, really, other than we're the best, you're the best, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, matches told the story, right? I mean, beautiful stuff. Such good matches. Um, the Brian Danielson Award, Best Technical Wrestler, was won by Brian Danielson. As it Bruiser, should be. The Bruiser Brody Memorial Award, the best brawler was won heavily by John Moxley. Best Flying Wrestler, El Hijo Del Vikingo at number one. Ray Phoenix at number two. And I had to shout him out. Dante Martin at number three. Best Flying Wrestler in the world. That's got to be awesome for him, right? I mean, the fact that he's even in the conversation is probably freaking him out. You know what I mean? Number three with 44 votes. That's 44 people voting in the best wrestler. Best flying wrestler of 2022. Most overrated. He almost Ronda. became Mr. Flippy himself. He almost did. Most overrated. Ronda Rousey, followed by Tyrus. <laughs> Most underrated. Kazuchika yeah, Okada. I mean, if you're getting beat out, or, well, over, I, if you're getting beat out for overrated by Tyrus, or be beating out Tyrus for overrated, yikes. <laughs> Most underrated. Kenosuke Takeshita. That's what I'm talking about. That's our boy. Yep, followed by number two, Chad Gable, who was probably my pick for most underrated for about a good six years. I was, you know me, I was heavily pushing Chad Gable. Rookie of the year, Braun Breaker beats Hook pretty handedly. So I think that shows. Uh, I think that's only because, falling. to be honest with you, I think if Hook has more actual feuds, like all like what Breaker like did, like with his championship actually defending it, you know? Yeah. Because Breaker, actually, I think his feud with Dolph Ziggler was considered pretty good, wasn't it? Like, I don't, I, I'm honestly not sure. I wasn't watching at the time. I just remember hearing about Braun yeah. Breaker a bunch at the time. Yeah, our, our friend that's been on the show before, Dart, he he was saying he loves Braun Breaker. So he's all about the Braun, the break, the breaking his back, you know? So All about the Steiners. All about the Steiners. Best non-wrestler, this one's hard to beat, Paul Heyman. Best... Television announcer, Kevin Kelly. That guy is fantastic and probably one of my favorite reasons to watch New Japan when we do watch it. Followed by Excalibur and Ian Riccoboni. I feel like maybe I'm just a little biased because I really liked everything with the FTR feud and I feel like Riccoboni did help FTR and and the uh, Briscoes to sell that story. I feel like he should have gotten the nod over Excalibur, but maybe that's just my bias. I don't know. Yeah, uh, some people, it's one of those things. I think We are a Riccoboni pod. We are a Riccoboni pod. I would vote Kevin Kelly, for sure, but uh, I, I like that all three of those guys got mentioned. We don't see any of our boys in worst television announcer winning by eight votes. Corey Graves, followed by Booker T, then Jim Ross. I can't debate the Jim Ross thing. Jim Best. Ross is good in moments. I just said moments, for like yes. last year. He's good in moments, but like I think we're past the point where Jim Ross is... It, I feel like he, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe the legitimacy that he brings to the brand it isn't quite as important as like the value he brings to the brand. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but maybe, maybe that is his actual value, and I'm just wrong. It, maybe it is. Hey, um, best major wrestling show, AW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door, with three times as many as AW Revolution for number one votes. Look at this that. This was AW. actually my pick for pay-per-view of the year, I believe. Yeah. 
worst major wrestling show, the WWE Royal Rumble. That was a bad one, man, with, with fucking Brock winning and shit. That was bad. GCW The World is at number three for worst major wrestling show. How bad was that show? It must have um, been awful. I didn't watch it, but I I remember hearing there was a really bad GCW show. Last January year. of last year, yeah. It almost beat out Elimination Chamber of 2022. Best wrestling maneuver? Will Ospreay's Hidden Blade. Makes sense. He he hits that move and it looks like he kills someone nearly every time. It's hard to beat that. Most I mean Tony dis- Deppin uses that same move for a finish, so you know, I respect yeah. it. Most disgusting promotional tactic, WWE Vince McMahon appearing on television for a crowd pop after sexual misconduct allegations came out. Well, it's hard to beat that for worst disgusting promotional tactic. Yeah, I mean, you could literally say like that you're going to do a match next week and not do it on AEW and it still wouldn't be as bad, which to be would be like the sin of AEW sins at this point, because how long has it been since that happened and there wasn't an actual reason for it, you know? Yeah. Worst television show, WWE Raw. Worst match of the year, Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon at WrestleMania. Number was two re- was... What, did that get actually sanctioned as a match? Am I crazy? Did I just it not... did. Wow. Yep, it did. I'm going to skip that shit. Rick Flair and Andrade versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Number two, and then Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. What the hell happened there? Uh, worst feud of the year, The Miz versus Dexter Loomis. Did that ever end up actually going anywhere? Like, I don't I'm know, curious. but Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan's number two. I know that was oh, the people... complaint about Miz versus Dexter Loomis was not that they were feuding. In fact, I think people were excited that that was potentially because of the, what you could do there. Because the Miz is obviously a very, you know, he's the Miz and we all know who the Miz is. And Dexter Loomis is like this like stalker freak dude that has this really unique character that really kind of works with the Miz as a character. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had like, him stalking his ass. Like, maybe he saw him on reality TV once or something. You know what I mean? Like, These people I don't know. really did not like Ronda Rousey last year, did they? Um, I didn't mean, did you? I mean, I mean. I guess I just didn't tune in enough. Talk about the most overhyped return of all time. I mean, everyone was like, where's Ronda for years? And then as soon as she was back, they were like, yeah, now I understand why she was gone. Like, what the hell? Worst promotion of the year, winning by 17 votes, WWE over NWA. And this is why was, they're saying, "Oh, Meltzer rides AEW in New Japan." It's like, okay, dude, but like he's, he doesn't even vote. That's true. These are all yeah. fan votes, right? So, like, but yeah, like you got to be thing, subscribed to pay for it, man. The other and thing you, is, like, okay, yeah, he probably does influence their thinking, but like the thing is about WWE is like if you're expecting him to win the fucking Wrestling Observer Awards one year out from Vince McMahon being gone and he's it's not gonna even take really, some time and he's not yeah. even really gone maybe you've seen the rumor we didn't talk about it in the news but the rumor is that he's back in creative or at least it was last week you know what i mean like <sighs> yeah let's let's hope that's not the case i mean Jeez. rip the careers of half the roster if that's the case you know what i mean like but <sighs> yeah that that would not be good um if that is the case expect there but... to be a round of firing soon you know <laughs> that's a favorite that seems like their favorite pastime best booker Tony Khan by about 50 votes over Rossi Ogawa, who I believe booked stardom. So good on you, Tony. With Paul yeah, I don't Vesk think in Tony's going to have any real issues winning that award until Triple H gets like a full year under his belt, which I guess he kind of technically did. Or have. if New Japan gets back to its glory of like five years ago, which you'd I don't know what's going to happen. You'd have to get so much talent out from under AEW to do that, though. Like, you, there's just who's in Japan right now that could pull that off. That's what I'm getting at. You know, like, yeah. I, think, I think he's secure for at least a few years unless Pro- Triple H just comes out of the gates swinging, you know? 
Very true. Uh, promoter of the year, Tony Khan wins pretty good here over Dana White and Rossi Agawa. Best gimmick by a mile. Oh, you mean Sami Dana Zane. White power slap his way through his wife into the championship? I guess, I guess not. But uh, best gimmick was the acclaimed at number two, Dan Housen at three. And Sami Zayn there heavily winning first place for best gimmick. Wait, let me get this. Dan Housen was number two on the best gimmick list. Number three. And number three. Okay. Uh, yep. Number two would have been too far. Three I can deal with, but. Worst gimmick. I don't like one of these here. Okay. Uh, maximum male models at number one. Makes sense. Every time I saw some of that, it looked awful. Yeah, they looked. Uncle they Howdy, look... number two. I don't okay. know what's going on with that. Yeah. I remember we covered the, what was it, the Rumble, and we were like, what the fuck's up, Yeah, Howdy? we didn't have any idea what was going on with that, and neither did they. And number three for worst gimmick in all of professional wrestling, Kip Sabian. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. I think they're going with the the the, the 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 thing over his head gimmick, which, I mean, I guess, yeah, that is kind of, it didn't really work. But it's because they didn't do anything with it. I don't, know, I don't know if I blame that on Kip. Like, they could have done something with yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how Kip's the worst gimmick. I think that's like you, I think that's like people's idea of what that could have been since we didn't actually get anything with it they just had to assume what it would have been and it i'll give him that on paper it sounds fucking horrendous but like he could have made it work i feel like if they would have tried something but they just didn't even try you know yeah very true so i think that'll be it for that um we did have a little bit of news from fightful where uh it sounds like aw is very interested in signing ashley diembois we've covered her before on dark plenty of times she looks good she's she knows what she's doing in the ring and if we bring her in as a signing to get her some more reps on dark and to get her out get her out from the other competition i'm cool with it i, I it wouldn't be the first one i would sign but I, i'm starting to think the renegade twins are already signed so yeah i'm i'm cool with it either way you know we haven't seen her in a while so you maybe think that's why I think it's possible. I think sometimes we don't see them for a little while, and it's because they're deciding what to do with them, whether they're going to sign them, whether they're not, what whatever the deal happens to be, and then when they finally make that decision is when we hear about it. But, um, yeah, we, that's been one of the ones that we've been saying for a while, so it could just be that it – I think genuinely, and people can think I'm like narcissistic for thinking – I think genuinely when we say stuff like that, it somehow does make it out into the universe like because I don't hear anybody yeah. else talking about signing these people, and then all of a sudden it's people we talked about. you know. So it's like I don't know if we have that kind <laughs> of influence, but if we do, that's great. I love the idea that we're getting wrestlers' jobs. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that I can actually take credit for that because they actually have to be able to wrestle first, but you know. Like the idea that I don't know that these people that I didn't think would actually ever get noticed by the rest of the because this is the thing, right? Like when I sit here and I name these wrestlers off, like yeah, this person might be interesting or worth bringing in. It's often because I just see them and I'm like, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to notice this, but they're part of this random person for one match and they're actually really good. Like, what was the deal? I almost question. I'm almost questioning Tony Khan's decision to bring them in. Sometimes I'm like, do you really want to? bring in this person that might get popular with the dark crowd. Cause the dark crowd can sometimes just pick favorites. They do some, occasionally someone will come out and you'll be like, why the hell are they getting cheered? Yeah. Very true. Um, we, we've never done this before, but I figure we'll try it now. Uh, we got the producers and, and the coaches from just some more fightful news because we never really talk about fightfuls like news, but why not? It's, it's, it always makes its way out there, and it could be kind of cool. So here are the producers of the matches from Dynamite, and we'll dump into each of them, of course. But Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta was produced by Dustin Rhodes. That makes that sense. Gives, that gives me hope for him as a producer. 
Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho promo was produced by QT Marshall. Big Bill and Lee Moriarty versus the Acclaimed was produced by Jerry Lynn. Soraya vs. Sky Blue was produced by BJ Whitmer. Brian Danielson and MJF promo was produced by Pat Buck. Revolution Tag Team Battle Royale, Tony Khan and Pat Buck. John Moxley vs. Evil Uno, Dean Malenko. I think Dean wanted some blood there because, my God, some of the images of that match. And then just a couple notes here. The elements of MJF's story about his personal relationship that he highlighted in his promo are true, although they are embellished for the sake of the promo. I guess it's good to know. Yeah, MJF's new gimmick, becoming an incel. Love it. <laughs> uh, Ari Davari is still listed as a member of the Trustbusters internally, as opposed to the varsity athletes. And then the last note was Warner Bros. Discovery were very happy with the viewership of Dynamite this week, which uh, we'll talk about, I guess, a little bit more, because AEW is getting another show. So we'll talk about that more, because uh, that is on Dynamite, right? So, okay. All the news How is done. How can be getting another show, Charlie? I thought the sky was falling. The sky was falling. You heard that right. <laughs> and, uh, God, that was – what a weird week. I'm so glad we covered it the way we did, though. We were just having fun with it. We, we do it. All it would take is one week to turn it around. Um, yeah, I mean, no, bro. Let's jump you into see the Rampage here. numbers in the off time slot with less people watching it overall because of where it was in the time slot? Did you see that, bro? Come on. <laughs> yeah, man, Rampage. Sky's falling. Uh, but let's let we're gonna go through some results now. You're gonna take care of Dark Elevation. I got Dark, and then we'll uh we'll jump through Dynamite and Rampage together. So yeah, take us off with Dark Elevation episode. Uh, hold on, I didn't have my notes ready. <laughs> exactly. Oh no, my notes didn't come up. Son of a bitch. All right, hear my fun. The book. dog right. shall bark again. Yeah. <laughs> Episode number. Holy shit! One hundred and three. <laughs> We're getting up there. We're getting up there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like we did. You know, I still think every hundred episodes of Dark or Elevation, we should do something special. That's just me. Um, fuck it. Every fifty episodes, have a know. candlelit vigil. Uh, uh, for all the women that Athena has slain. All right. Um. <laughs> Speaking of people being slain, we opened up with Juice being let loose in a Fuego del Squash. Uh, Fuego was back. Uh, Fuego del Swole. Um, that was something that was said on commentary. Um, Juice taught Aubrey how to, did look how a to little count. Bit. Uh, it was a math lesson on uh, Dark Elevation this week. Uh, Fuego was unmasked, and I think he picked up the one with the hand of God. I'm not entirely sure. Um because uh, like he ripped the mask off and i was just like wow this match is going nowhere fast and then it ended so juice in a weird position right now but i guess we'll see where it goes do, do you have any idea what their plans for juice are at this point because i have none um, um honestly no this man just appeared on new japan television like two weeks ago or something like yeah, I, I got i guess zero clue i guess it wasn't television but you know new japan strong uh pay-per-view but uh, speaking of strong, we had the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship Eliminator match with Athena taking on Evelyn Carter. E- Evelyn Carter? I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki was sent back to Japan, apparently. That was literally what they said on commentary. So, <laughs> I mean, we joke about that, but like, all right, I guess she's Yeah, just no, it sounds like she's uh, d- defending her title in TJPW. Okay. Because she is so, the, the champion there, so. Right, yeah. okay, so fair enough. So they'll so delay the title match till the pay-per-view, probably, that's my guess. Probably um, Super Card of Honor, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I, I don't know why they couldn't have a match before then. They've done that with the Ring of Honor Women's World title before, but. 
whatever you know it does feel like we're like every now and then with certain things for both ring of honor and AEW, they kind of just go on pause for a bit which kind of like what mox and hangman are doing right now but i mean you know you got to do what you got to do you know um uh, mike posey continuing to have no disqualification matches 24 24 by 7 um even though the matches aren't no disqualification um and <laughs> i mean it's true um yeah, she's beat her up and, you know, cranked back on the cross face and then beat her up with the belt after the match. Yeah. It was a, it, 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 it you know, it was there. It, get a feed on TV, I guess, or sort of TV. Um, yeah. We had the firms, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Large William took on some Jabberoonies. Uh, we got some We Want Enzo, No We Don't chance. Um, the Jabba actually hit a nice dropkick spot off the tag. I didn't hate that. Um, and then Big Bill was just having a good time. Picked up the win, I think, with probably was this choke slam or something, or I don't know. It doesn't really matter. They picked up the win. Um, all right, the cat is going insane. We had Madison, uh, Willow, and Leva, which is weird because Leva Bates, I think, has been on both heel and face teams in the last like four or five weeks. Like, um, but you know, I guess Leva's a tweener. Um, uh, taking on Nyla, Mar- I think Leva literally t- tagged with Nyla and Marina. I'm not even kidding. Like, whatever and then they they were tagged up with uh, emmy sakura uh leva got mugged by nyla uh that's that's how it was stated on commentary and what i saw on the screen uh, madison then got chopped to pieces by emmy and then they picked up the win really abruptly with a beast bomb i guess this match i don't know what it was it was there um powerhouse hobbs was out here to break backs and count stacks that's what i put in my notes um he uh he did a handshake of death he said, hey, shake my hand, and then killed the guy. Um, and we got a Hobbs is going to kill you chant. He spine busted him out of his shoes. Hit the torture rack slam. One, two, three. Hobbs in limbo. Um, not much else there to say. He's kind of... What the hell is going on with Hobbs? I don't do know they, if he knows. Do they even know? It kind of makes me sad. I mean, they kind of know on commentary. They know what the book they want it to be about, but they don't have... A, I, the problem is, I think sometimes you can overthink a storyline like that. Like this storyline requires somebody specific for him to fight, and I don't know who it's going to be. And if, and I think it weirdly feels like MJF, but like, is that MJF's next feud? It doesn't really feel right, you know. Like I don't know, we'll have to see. I guess. Um, sorry, the cat is literally going insane. All right. Um, but we had the Butcher of the Blade, Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, and Isaiah Cassidy taking on the Dark Order and Best Friends. Classic Dark Ten Mate, classic Dark Ten Man tag. Uh, we got Isaiah Cassidy getting the crowd to give him a little hiya, and um, hiya. Uh, you know they got they gave the people what they wanted. Uh, Matt Hardy got a nice pop on the tag. Uh, they hit a train of lariats. Uno hit a twist of fate. They picked up this win off of the strong zero. This actually had a little bit of length to it. I didn't hate this match. It was fine. Probably should have been the main event. And in the main event of the evening, we cut to Tony Schiavone for some reason being on commentary now because I guess Paul White just had to get the fuck out of there. Um, uh, I'm guessing what happened here was for some reason they just didn't want Trent main eventing both shows. I don't know why, but I guess they just didn't want that for some reason Uh, because we had Lucha Bros taking on uh, the Varsity Athletes. Um, we have the infinite limbo of Davari and Nice. Uh, it's like I said, this match just kind of felt tacked on. 
Um, you know, maybe it legit was tacked on and they shot it after Rampage. That's what I think happened. Um, I think Mark Sterling eating the super kicks was just something that they wanted for the end of this show for some reason. I think they wanted, you know what? It was probably they just wanted the Lucha Bros because Lucha Bros were over there. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But they picked up the one with the fear factor, so that happened. But that takes us to Dark Episode 184, Charlie. Yes, Matt Seidel. He is still wrestling here. He defeated Slim J. They're pretty, uh, Slim Jabroni. It got some time, but it was still a little rough. Slim J's still not doing it for me. I'm sorry. Dude, nobody likes Slim J. Even commentary Trust, doesn't like Slim J. Yeah, Trustbusters tried to further injure Seidel, but Top Flight and AR Fox made the same, made the save. So it makes me happy that I guess uh, Dante still has Matt Seidel. Really, back. it was just Dante that made the save. It made it feel like Dante is the only one that liked Seidel. <laughs> But I, but I always really like that pairing, so I'm cool if we get a little 4v4 action. Julia Hart defeated Devlin McCobb. Devlin McCobb. McCobb. Julia, she knows her gimmick. Um, I think the Heartless submission looked good. It's her 18th straight win. What What do you think? Like, because this is kind of my thing. It's like, okay, I'm I, I'm I'm with Julia Hart in the House of Black. She fits that yep. gimmick super well. I think we've all decided that. Where do we like? Do we uh, do do House of Black win some titles eventually, and then she goes after something? Is that what we do? Because like maybe I don't I don't know again, if right it right feels now, like she's kind of on pause. They know she could do something yeah. really great. They know she's a good enough wrestler now to make it work. It's just they don't know where to put her yet. Yeah, they they don't know. I don't know if they know they can put her in a you know what would big be a match great first for you when she is no longer injured. It would be great if they put her up against Abaddon. Because I, I could see say, the you know the gimmicks they kind of line up, but then also yeah. they're different enough, and I feel like you could still play with like you could even mess with the fact that Abaddon's scarier than Julia Hart, even though Julia Hart's in the House of Black. You know what I mean? Like you could do something like that. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. And that just reminded me of someone we're missing still, and that's Layla Hirsch. When's she coming back? And that I injury, I feel like that's healed by now, right? Right. It's got to be getting close. It was about we were thinking like a nine month injury, and I think we're getting near month nine. Yeah, I think so, I think she's been in the conversation for the last few months, possibly like not like back behind the scenes or anything, but just like I've heard a lot of people mention her. I I hope she's back. Her too. Statlander, she was a big time the, dude, woman. She would have one thousand percent been Rookie of the Year if we had rankings when she debuted, or if we had what yeah. she done it that year. She would have been our Rookie of the Year because she, even though she got injured, I don't know who had a better year in twenty twenty one than she did in terms of random debuts at the end of the year. Like she just had that flip and then gets hurt. Damn. The Workhorseman defeated uh, Oliver Sawyer and Jay Malachi. They finally said Malachi, not Malachi this time, but Malachi was in the ring for about 25 seconds. Uh, Workhorseman did their thing. Sawyer, I guess, was just getting his ass beat, but I've mentioned before, I I like Jay Malachi's high-flying ability, and he's in the ring for 25 seconds. Yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to be... The workhorsemen are slowly getting on my shit list. I'm going to hey, keep an eye on that, though. Leave him alone. I'm just saying. This was, the, start- this was the blessed green hair Anthony Henry. Leave him alone. I like Anthony Henry. I just don't know if I like this team. It's it's slowly arriving on my dark shit list. You know why that is? Because I'm it's, okay the same, not watching it's the it. same exact thing with Julia Hart. What are they going to do with them? They established them as not a jobber team, right? But what are you going to do with that? Even took them away from the wingmen, which was the right move. But like, what? And it's yeah, it's okay because the next few matches, none of these people are on my shit list. And that's we open. We got the Renegades facing it. I believe they were the Blair sisters. Uh, the Renegades looked really good, and 
Yeah, I got I got nothing to say about their opponents. They were um, yeah, they were there. They, they were there. If you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. The Renegades got the pin in the win. I love the Renegades and Robin Renegade is seriously so fucking good. And then again, someone who I love seeing Preston Vance defeating Blanco Loco. Took his mask off, embarrassed the young man, added to his mask fucking shrine. That's metal as fuck, by the way. Having a shrine of masks dangling from a fucking thing. Yeah, I actually did like that. I did, yeah. I like that. Tony Deppin defeating Caleb Conley. Weirdly enough, I felt like the crowd was actually going for Caleb a little bit. Maybe it's because they've seen him in Impact there in Orlando. He's been on AEW before, I think, as well. Yeah. I just, I think he was a pretty high, he was a liked babyface. Maybe impact, that so. suggests that Tony Deppin's just good at being a heel. I don't know. I thought Tony Deppin got his shit in and it looked good doing it. That half and half suplex followed by the running knee strike and a pin. Really good stuff. The Iron Savages, Bronson and Boulder defeated Chris Sanson and Terry Kidd. Um, the whole time, commentary was trying to figure out the weight of those guys. I think that tells you all you need to know. Of what everyone is even supposed to care about the Iron Savages, Yeah, I right? still don't care. Um, but I, 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 coming I just next never, here... I cared more about the next match, and that should tell you everything. Brady Booker. The debut has finally happened. When Bodie Hayward was cut from NXT, he was one of the names I pointed out. I think this guy's got something in the tank. He's got a look. He's got the size. He came out here, defeated Dak Draper. He had... I thought he looked... I thought he looked perfectly fine. He had control early on, hitting a nice cartwheel into a knee drop. He continued some hard-hitting offense. Booker hit a power slam counter. Uh, eventually got the tap out and it with a torture rack. Look, Brady Booker, he, he has this energy to him that I think it's that natural like charisma that you just can't teach. And I hope that he's able to play off of that and really do something in wrestling. Because... He seems like such a likable guy, and not everyone can do that. I mean, look, Tony Deppin was just not getting that reaction because he doesn't scream like, you know, super happy-go-lucky, you know, let's root for this guy, or the Iron Savages. But, like, people that like wrestling and, and really follow Tony Deppin, like, yeah, this guy's in-ring work's fucking incredible. Yeah, But right. it feels like Brady has that other thing where it's like, if he can get the wrestling down... If he had Tony Deppin's wrestling, like, fucking well, It'll be a lot easier for him than it will be for Deppin to figure out how to be charismatic. Exactly. Right? You know what I'm saying when I say that, right? It's like, he's just got that other thing. But, yeah, you. what did you think of this? And was this your first time seeing uh, Brady Booker? It, it might have been my first time if I hadn't seen him before. It was under a different name and I didn't know, which I think is unlikely. Um, but, yeah, like you said, he had that nice power slam. He looked weird, but, I mean, sometimes that's a good thing in wrestling, so I won't hold that against him or anything. Um... Uh, I have to see more. I just didn't, I, you know, I, yeah, I was kind of checked out of dark by this point, except for like one match really. And, uh, I really wish we went from Tony to this guy because I, I was really into the Tony match and I'm with you. The iron savage is kind of was like, when you also get the again, weird, like segment also on my shit list. You also had like, I think we missed the George Joel and Rohit Raju match, like where it was actually positioned. Like it was also in between the iron savages match which I think didn't help much, like, which is not to say that it was fine, but, you know, like, it's just, uh, Dark can sometimes feel a little disjointed, I feel like, because of where they put certain things on the card. Like, when it's an hour and a half Dark, I understand that it's no really good way to put things, but, like... Yeah. 
I don't and, know. And yeah, then we had the Rohit Raju and George Joel defeating Dale Springs and Bryce Cannon. And you know what? I think Raju's a really good pairing for Joel. He Joel has kind of like this attitude of I don't give a fuck. And Rohit Raju is like super energetic, super like, let's go do this. We can be the fucking champions. I mean, he's a former X Division champion. Dale Springs gimmick. I'm I'm worried that it's going to attract the wrong crowd because for some reason, I, I, I don't want an outrunner situation here where we're bringing fucking Dale Springs back because he's a goddamn uh, you, fucking uh, golfer. Golf Jones, bro. Come on. Yeah. Uh, again, the only one that's worked recently, I, I don't think the outrunners were doing it for me, but I got why they did it. And it sounds like the outrunners are uh, on ROH as well. I think. I mean, I'm so fine also, with them being in ROH. I just don't yeah. want them in AEW. But uh, Dan, the guy last week, Dan the dad, that guy legit was fucking hilarious. And so I would rather see Dan than Dale Springs. But however, I thought Dale took advantage of his time here. Bryce Cannon, unfortunately, I don't really. Bryce Canyon. Remember, it's Springs Canyon was the team. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Damn it, That's right. That's right. Taz has some great one-liners sometimes. But (laughs) Raju and Joel, let's, let's talk about this for a moment. We have been advocates of George Joel here, but yes. we are also wondering what the fuck do you do with him, especially after the Matt, uh, Hardy family office broke off. Literally, like he so, just kind of got left out. How there do you feel drive. about this? And uh, do you hope this gets him some more TV time? I guess right, or at least dark dark reps. Aside from the classic throw the minorities together style of wrestling teams, um, which is which does this feels a little bit like you know? Yeah, I think they're um, the only two Indian guys that wrestle on dark. Yeah, I listen. Other than Saddam saying, but well, yeah, but they're not going to form a trio with Saddam. That would just be like you know, you might as well bring in fucking Sanjay at that point. You know what I mean? But like, it might as well just add them to the Slapnut Express. You know, but like, so obviously they're not going to do that. There's just too many bodies. Slapnut Express is such a good name, but I fucking hate that team. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I just started calling them that because I hate the team. Like when I first started watching them, but then like it just stuck. I can't ca- I can't call them anything else now, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, hold on. Uh, had to cough. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to see that Rohi Raju is just clearly doesn't care about like what I just mentioned because he just wants to be on TV. So, and I respect that. So, I mean, I still think ultimately he's probably gonna and George will both end up in Ring of Honor if I had to guess. But maybe this is how they get there instead of just being cut or something. You know, like I don't know. Because Rohit Raju, they've been trying well, to. I'm, I, I well, I just went through his Instagram and they posted a picture together at Ring of Honor. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, so maybe that's yeah. the plan. I don't know, but um, I remember saying that about Joel for forever. So it just felt like he was a very Ring of Honor guy to me. Like he needs a few years in a place like Ring of Honor where he can just wrestle some good matches and get that figured out. And then you know, um, it's good that George Joel can actually have a mouthpiece now. You know, I mean, he had one before with various groups, but like. I feel like this one, he might actually have a chance to like, they might do something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'm kind of, I was kind of, so this inspired me. I was like, I'm going to go see if, if, cause I remember seeing Raju is pretty active on Twitter. So I just went, I was a little curious. I'm going to go see what other people are thinking. And there's a lot of people tweeting at him. Like, Hey, this, uh, I really like this team. It's looking good. One of them's calling the two honorable Desi dudes is what George Ole called it. I look like, it looks like George Ole might be liking this team. Maybe this is something they pitched. It could and, be, like I said, like, just yeah. because, like, okay, 
hear me out. If and you're, maybe if it's... you're if you're somebody that sees that like the black wrestlers get put with the black wrestlers and the white wrestlers get put like if you see that all the time and you oh know, yeah of course that's the classic fucking you can see that's that, what right? always happens even if you're a person of color that maybe doesn't like that but if you see that and you're like well if I pitch this to Tony Khan he might take the idea just because you know there's something there that we don't even you know even uh, Lexi even said it on the in the little interview they did in the show like you know you guys have something in common. Or you might have some things in common. What she really means is what I was getting at, but she's not obviously going to yeah. say that. But even they were like, kind of took a moment when they were like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess I get what you're getting at here, you know? But Exactly. Like, I think even they were acknowledging and playing it up. Like, yeah, because yeah, they, they know. That's the way it is. <laughs> they, they know. But it's like, at the same time, so, if you know that's how you can get on TV, I why wouldn't you go for it if you thought? Yeah, maybe, why not? You know, more some, power to them. Anything, whatever you can take to form like a natural kind of tag team, Sometimes that is maybe just the inspiration of that. Yeah, we're both Indians. So let's run with this. And, you know, even though we're completely different guys, again, I completely think different wrestlers that, that helps in a tag team. Though. So I think that, yeah, maybe again, I'm talking look myself at, look into at large this. William and Lee Moriarty. Could there be different styles or different people? Right. Exactly. No. <laughs> but they work together because they do, even though a lot of people want the, want him to tag with Enzo again for some reason, but you know, God, like, so, I mean, okay, here's what I'll say about the Enzo thing. If they brought Enzo back in for a trios match for one night, I'd be cool with it. Other than that, don't do it. Yeah. Um, so we then had this mysterious ad, our next mysterious little thing that we're going to follow on Dark. It's probably going to be Dark only. QTV. Is this what QT Marshall's returning with? What so like is it wait did I miss something? Is there like actually? Gonna it was be a, a five QT second Marshall? promo that said QTV coming soon. So is it gonna be like uh the the Jerotron shit? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it could be interesting. What's the one they do on WWE right now? Uh, doesn't Bailey have one called like Ding Dong or something like that? I think I remember the Sean Spears News Network or something. There's been various <laughs> ones over the years. Miz TV. It'll be like a Miz TV. Yeah, Miz TV is the one I always think about. Yeah, because that's the one that's been going on the longest, probably right. I mean, yeah, uninter- like without because Miz just delivers in those segments. But I mean, QT Marshall is good enough on the mic that this could work. Actually, you know what? This could be really good. I hope he brings on a random person from Dark every week. Some random person, like the people we talk about. Your Ashley DM Bois. Maybe even have it be her first or something. Have him have like a female talent. It sounds like yeah, come out. And it and sounds like, like she's also acknowledged that she's uh, been offered the contract. So that's a cool sign. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I you don't want a billy stark situation you know what i mean like um but uh don't Which, jump speaking of billy starks oh yeah holy shit is she taking advantage of the time that she's been given emmy sakura billy starks and you know they <laughs> they made the most out of their time here to say the least uh i really think they went out there had a fun kind of banger match billy starks took one hell of a fucking spot it was it was like it had to do with the apron. Oh, yeah. she had, she she what she did was she went to hit a senton on the apron. Emmy moved and she just it was a rough landing on the apron. Yikes! Yeah, it was a hell of a spot. And you know, after that, she kind of she lost her momentum. She Sakura then goes on delivers a sliding knee strike on the arena floor. Sakura got her back in, drilled her into the mat with a butterfly pile driver. Ended the match by hitting her with a moonsault and. Emmy Sakura is on a hell of a run. Dude, Emmy Sakura's nose got sent to the Shadow Realm. It, it did, and you know what? I 
Billy Starks is g- g- having one of those dark runs that we we used to kind of joke about and talk about. Like every so one, every so often, there'd be these people that come through AW Dark. They're a little bit known, but then they have their first match. It's like, oh damn! And then clearly, everyone in the back recognize that. So what do they do? They stick her against Britt Baker. It's like, oh damn! She looked really good against Britt, and now everyone acknowledges it. Sounds like she showed up. Acknowledge uh, me. At future, so it sounds like she's also in some of the uh, AW stuff going forward. So, by that I mean she was in Orlando for Dark. So yeah, that that'll be cool to follow. Um, the Wingman. I will say well, about Billy Starks. I will say this: um, Billy Starks, I think, um, is like right. I mean, she obviously had to, you know. Um, acknowledged that she wasn't signed right which was probably super embarrassing i assume you know what i mean like or maybe not maybe she's like no fuck you but um either way like i you know i billy starks is vibing to me like remember how dante kind of reversed the polls on losing on dark all the time i feel like she could do a similar thing except that she's not signed yet you know obviously dante was under contract at the time i think um so yeah and even even with uh god the name just slipped my mouth fuck i just had it Son of a uh, sky blue. There we go. She, oh, yeah, she, she was getting beat a lot. Thing, yeah. And then next thing you know, they start giving her different matches and she starts winning. We're kind of seeing it with renegades wins now too. They were losing to everyone. They, they got their random little rampage matches here and there. And now they start winning. And it's like, Oh, maybe yeah, so they, hopefully they the fans up. not like jumping the gun. Didn't leave like a bad taste in her mouth or anything. I would, I would hate to see uh, her. Hopefully it inspired her more to like, be like, yeah, let me maybe. get after this. Yeah, I hope so. Cool. I hope so. Uh, wingman picked up a victory. Yeah. Pelvic thrust. Jarrett, Jarrett and Satnam Singh defeated the boys, Brennan and Brandon. Uh, Brandon and Brent. Yes. Singh choke slam both of them. Yeah. They did some strutting. Trent Beretta, Tony Nice made event. The first couple minutes of this, I was like, wow, what's going on, guys? Come on, let's get this. Let's get this rolling here. And it eventually did get rolling. And I, I thought it was pretty solid. Trent Beretta. It was fine. This is yeah. the match that sparked my question of like, what is the point of AEW Dark? So I guess now would be a good time to have that discussion. What is the point of AEW Dark and Elevation? Is it to have, because this match, if they had built it up for like two, three weeks, I think back to that random match they had between Joey Janela and, and uh, Sunny Kiss, right? Where they built up a street yeah. fight for a couple weeks. And you know what? It actually felt like it was important when they did it. The crowd was into it and it was in fucking Orlando. So that tells you everything you need to know, you know? Um, yeah. So... And granted, those are two dark favorites, so maybe that was a little bit of the influence. Like, Joey Janela literally couldn't get off dark to save his life ever, you know? So maybe that was part of the reason why. But um, I don't know, man. Like, this match, their former tag partners, I feel like this should have been a blood feud. Like, what the hell, you know? It's one of those things. I mean, dark is just, I guess it's their... It's their WWE main event, except they care about it more, right? Realistically, it's matches that probably don't... I think the idea start inspired from trying to get more matches on people's records, right? I don't know. I guess just more reps now is kind of what it is. Is that's my guess because I think ROH is going to become the NXT. But you could tell in like and, the little promo they did, they actually wanted to make this feel like something that mattered. You know, like both guys. I mean, yeah, there's actual and, history there. I had no fucking clue that Tony Nese's first tag team partner was Trent Beretta. I had no idea they even knew each other. Neither did I. And I'll tell you, I think it's just like, that's something you got to run with, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but 
That's how you get Tony Nese over. Like, I'm sorry. Am I crazy here? I feel like that's how you get Tony Nese to not be just the random guy that does flips. Like, that guy seems to have a really hard time getting over everywhere. And it's such a, he's such a good wrestler. It's, I've always liked his promos too. Like, I feel like I remember when Tony Nese first debuted on SmackDown Live and everyone was like, oh, whatever, Tony Nese. And I remember immediately being like into what he was doing, but nobody for some reason bought in and I didn't understand it. Whatever. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing, but um, yeah. Let's jump into uh, we got dynamite now. We'll hit rampage and we'll talk a little bit about next week. Okay, and something we got at the top of dynamite. Of, uh, I want to know. So they did a little yeah. picture in picture recap during Wheeler Yuta's entrance. Not every time, but I liked that. That was interesting. That that is a good touch. I I think that's a something that I I hope they do more of. They also did a recap somewhere else later. Mm-hmm. Of something that happened during the night and I thought, yep. "Oh, okay." It's like the old Lance Storm criticism of AEW. It's finally starting to become not a thing, which is good. Hopefully it sticks because I think it actually will help to retain some people to keep some people that maybe just wouldn't have watched every episode of Dynamite so they know what's going on, you know? Renee Paquette, she's backstage with Hangman Adam Page and Ava Luno. Who's about to say oh, he's preparing for Moxley when Page interrupted? Udo immediately cut him off, told him not to get involved. It's time for the Dark Order to stand up for themselves. Yeah, a very stylish Ricky Starks made his way to talk about his recent struggles with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Starks accept Jericho doesn't want to have a rematch. He'll be moving on. Crowd cheered for that. I mean, Starks has an open contract for a match at Revolution. Jericho makes his way out in some fucking spiked jacket. Oh, Stark said he isn't done with him until Jericho says so. He uh, Jericho made his way out and said Starks isn't done with him until Jericho says. Despite beating him already, Jericho says Starks isn't on his level. Pretty Peter Avalon made his way out to accept the open challenge. He gets poked in the eye by one of the spikes from the Judas effect. Um, it was brutal. I don't know why Jericho thought that was a good idea with the spike jacket on. Yeah. Robs, that robs us of hearing more of Avalon's fucking beautiful theme. Jericho came to the ring, said you can't have revolution without him. Stark said if they wrestle again, he'll just have to he'll just have the JAS interfere once more. Excuse me, Stark's questions if Jericho can get the job done himself. Starks convinces Jericho to accept the match, even saying JAS wouldn't be allowed to get involved, but he doesn't have a pen. My god, Starks has the pen. He hands it to Jericho. Jericho's all pissed off. He kind of holds the pen up, doing his little, uh, get ready to tease his little list thing, clicks it. And Bro, that just, signs I love it. that that just shows how much of actual Jericho fans followed Jericho, because, like, that's not something you could, that's the straight up WWE reference. He just you know fucking I mean? held up a pen and everyone just knew, because they were like, oh god. Jericho this guy's talks about that in interviews, or he has in the past, like, on, like, Inside the Ropes, he's talking about how he got the fucking pen over. It's still over. That's crazy. It's still over. Christian. <laughs> That was like five years ago or something. Like, yeah, no, I think it was 2016. Oh my god, that's literally like just made the last like nine years ago, dude. Almost now, or no, wait, what is math? I don't know, but like, so good. He outsmarts him. Starks winks the camera. Be careful what you wish for, Starks. But by the way, pretty Peter Avalon, this is what he felt when he uh, got hit by the Judas effect. (laughs) Yeah, dead. It was not good, but he did. Starks and Jericho at Revolution. They changed it from no one can interfere to JS can interfere. And Garrett, I'm just going to say this now, putting it on record. I am going to be furious. Very, if Action Andretti gets involved. Very upset 
if Action Entry <laughs> turns on Starks and joins the JAS. Oh god, that would be terrible. Um I would be not a happy camper. I think he's gonna I think I think it's gonna be even worse. I think he's gonna interfere on behalf of Ricky. Oh no, 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 no. But it would be even worse. Yeah, <laughs> that's. But I, no. I'm, I'm glad you went there because my brain's thinking even the worst case scenario. Like, but yeah, JAS is banned. Hopefully, that means something good. So, pre-recorded words from the tag teams involved in the battle royale later. And my view, take the lead on this one. We had the acclaimed with Anthony Bones and Max Caster defeating Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Uh, Max had a fucking great entrance here. But uh, what did you think of this match? Uh, yeah, some really fun stuff here. This was probably the most, um, excuse me, over with the crowd uh, on the show. Uh, we had a little SAWFT reference, some soft from uh, always, always pop for that yep, from the acclaimed little reference there. Um, we had uh, some oh scissor me daddy chance, a scissor zona chant, a, uh, you know, some daddy ass chance, you know. Um, and, uh, the guns, uh, came out, took a little look, see what was going on and then said, all right, you know, I guess we'll just stay over here. Um, they got some asshole chance for that. There was a James Gunn sucks sign. DC haters. I, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing to say you don't, that you like the Snyderverse saying James Gunn sucks though. I mean, you know how it is, man. They all just they they just hate him now. It's he's gonna have a weird. Not the gun on the show that I, if I was gonna reference guns that suck, it wouldn't be James. Anyway, um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, speaking of the guns, they attacked Billy after after the uh, you know actually I don't even think it was I think it was still during the match. I think he was just at ringside and they just decided to go uh, take advantage after he got knocked off the apron. Uh, those sons of bitches. Uh, they hit the arrival, the arrival and the mic drop. Um, there's like a well carried segment. They cut like they were cutting into, and I thought the that what they were doing, and this they just got to work this out with production. They had Tony go up to the top of the ramp, Tony Shivani, um, for an interview, and I thought because the acclaimed were heading up the ramp that he was going to interview them, but that was not the case. Um, mm-hmm. so we went into another interview after that, but um, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, you know, it wasn't like a spectacular match in ring or anything like that. I don't think anybody expected it to be that, even though all four guys could have a really good match. They're just not in a storyline right now, so there's no reason for them to go all yeah. out. Um, just a quick, quick acclaimed dub, right? Yeah, I like seeing Large William uh get you know get on the shows more. I like that he's becoming more of a regular. Uh, I'd like to see him. I mean, well, actually, I I think I was thinking during this match, I'd like to see him face Orange Cassidy and. Well, well, we'll talk about it, but I think that's going to be yep. definitely, I mean, not even definitely, it's definitely going to be happening, actually. So uh, we'll talk about that, but yeah. Yeah, so Shivani introduces Christian Cage, but Jungle Boy Jackson, right? He beats him up. Two Jungle chairs. Boy Jackson, I like that. All Concerto, right. couldn't bring himself to do it, allowing Cage to get a low blow. Cage slammed his head repeatedly into the chair. <laughs> Busting him open, referees and the doctor finally made the way to take Cage off. Jungle Brother beat Get that down. son of a bitch. He, he, dude, he was slamming his fucking head, just cracking it in that chair. Oh, I, I tell you what, man. We are we are in the Twilight Zone. Uh, the Twilight Zone has been entered. Yeah, we've Jungle gone back Boy. like six months in time with this Christian Cage and Jungle Boy stuff. But, I mean, it did need to be addressed at some point. It just sucks that we can't do it with Luchasaurus as well. But that would have been way too long. Of a way. I think that was probably the conversation they had, like, if we do it now because you're back, Christian, it's better than if we I do think it-, it had been so long, I forgot why they were feuding. It's because Luchasaurus turned on Jungle Boy. 
Yeah, it was. It, that's Jesus. why we're missing a piece. I guess piece we're getting here. the match, though. We're missing you know that what? piece. That's the piece that ties it together, but we don't have it. That's why I was saying it's probably like a. Well, if we do this when Luchasaurus comes back, it'll make even less sense. So if they just draw this out even longer, then that's. I think that's the plan is they're going to draw this out until Luchasaurus might be closer back than we think to coming back or something. I have no idea, but. Um, he also yeah. might not be, but if they think maybe they can drag this out a little bit longer, then they can finally put like a cap on it at one of the TV shows, like one of the big TV pay-per-view like shows. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we jumped to Soraya and Sky Blue. There was a little Wardlow interview, but it was the same as the last one. Mm-hmm. So Soraya and Sky Blue. This is very cool spot for Sky Blue. She was posting about how uh, Soraya is one of her inspirations. I just don't for think wrestling. much went well in this match, though. I think this kind of just. And didn't really I think connect. she was just very excited for the moment, and yeah. So, here we go. This is a quick win from Soraya, and a, definitely an interfere-filled contest. And the post-match kind of built off of what we had last week. And Ruby Soho's realization that the women's title is more important than picking a side is where she's at at the moment. So, I think we're going to definitely get that resolved following the pay-per-view. I love, like, I love the story that, is that Ruby Soho cares more about her own selfish desire to win the title than about the solidarity of the women's division. I just love that. That's hilarious. Like, Gotta gotta eat for yourself, right? But, so the match, right? Lou got a pretty early Casador in the right hand. She went to the top. Storm immediately knocked her off with the referee's back turned. Soraya put the boots in the air. Tossed Blue, Blue out to Storm to get a cheap shot again. Blue was able to get the Black Widow submission on briefly until Soraya turned it into a nightcap. Blue fought out of the corner of the top rope crossbody, a snap drop kick, but Storm took the referee. Blue clocked Storm, turned right into Soraya thrust kick as she sank in the Scorpion cross lock for the submission. Before Soraya and Storm could spray paint Blue post-match, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter hit the ring before it could all happen. So, yeah, um... Quick work. A lot of, lot of nerves, I think, because there was a lot of spots that just didn't feel like they connected, you know, quite. And yeah, and, and quite literally, literally I think every but... other spot was an interference. It was, it was a little weird, but yeah, they're doing something there. I just hope. Again, I think it's like a lot of the women's good. feuds that involve more than one feud, like more than two people. It's like they just don't know what to do with it. It's really weird. I hope. I hope in a couple months we're looking at this thing going, wow, this is so much fun. I, I hope it feels that, so clunky. Right I hope now. that we, however many months from now it is, have the blood and guts match with these women. And it's actually amazing. And we just, it becomes the feud of the year. That'd be great. That would be awesome. Deanna's made his way out to a massive ovation. Said it's great to be back in Phoenix. Talked about MJF, put a bounty on his head. Hospitalized his mentor, William Regal. Got some booze out of that. Before he could say anything else, MJF interrupted. Said he's been abandoned by anyone he's ever loved. Talked about the girl who changed him and said he wanted to start a family until she left him. You deserve a chance. We're at MJF. Said the only thing that makes him feel loved is the AW World Championship. The AW title is the only thing keeping him from taking a handful of pills and calling it a day. Holy shit. Uh, MJF said Danielson has something he'll never have. A happy and healthy family that he takes for granted. MJF hates Danielson for having more concussions than everyone else. And as every time he stands, he steps foot in the ring... He's saying wrestling is more important than his family. There's some, that, again, there's some truth bombs in there that it's like a weird truth that no one wants to talk about, but it's spitting in MJF's face and mentions putting p- the pill addicted William Regal in the hospital. MJF will punish Danielson for everything he's taken for granted and mentions Danielson's kids. MJF looks into the camera, says hi to Birdie. He will grab Dada's arm and make him submit so he'll never be able to play again. MJF said he'll give 
<laughs> they'll give Danielson early onset CTE. Bro, I gotta say, props to the fucking uh, producers for the and the cameraman here. There was some really insane camera work going on as MJF just went insane. Like the camera started tilting yeah. and shit, and it was awesome. Like it added. It was very life. good. You know what? Good, good, good job mentioning that because uh, we've we've buried a couple of the things that they've said that, or a couple of things they did the past few weeks. We got to mention them when they do good, and yes. you're right. This was very, very good. And each broke free. Referees and agents separated them. Danielson like imagine how that's going to look in shot. the promo package when they have that spinning camera angle as he's just losing oh, yeah. his mind. That's going to be awesome, dude. Dude, and that shot Danielson got on MJF, he fucking clocked him. Oh, yeah. That, that was a good one. Dude, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see the promo package for this match. It's going to be insane. It's gonna be insane, and and how are you feel? How are you feeling about this feud right now? It's the best, just in thing, general. It's the best feud on television. I mean, it's it's literally like I can't like what is better than this other than like shit in WWE that nobody actually cares about anymore because they didn't put the belt on Sammy. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, I think this is definitely the most. This is the most exciting feud right now. It's the feud that I feel like has the most heat, right? I thought Jericho and Stark could have been out there. Match. Like Jesus Christ, oh. Yeah, that match is going to be so much fun. All right. Giovanni's backstage with Hata and Britt Baker. Hata says Soraya has come back to try and try to wreak havoc. Undefeated as well. Hata said Ruby Soho deserves a shot also. They'll make it a triple threat match for the women's title of Revolution. Uh, I would have preferred Soto and Hater. You? I mean, to be honest with you, I was just kind of curious how the title was going to get on the pay-per-view. So I guess this I, I just wanted the sense. 1v1. I thought the 1v1 made sense. It was a big like, enough spot for both of them. But I, I, I thought that, that this meant that they were going to wait and tell the pay-per-view to tell us where Ruby falls. And that, that was going to be the big payoff. Yeah. But that did not end up being the case. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Either way, I think it'll be a good match. It'll deliver. You know, there's people that – Soraya's got a lot of fans too. So I – I don't know how I feel right now of who I want to win that match. I think I'm still team. Let's keep it on hater. I, I let's keep building her run. But when we do our predictions, which dude, it's already fucking next week is our predictions episode. I know that it's fast. Nuts. Like it's we're, already, we're, we're already on. We're coming up on that pay-per-view hot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we'll try and get a third voice in there. Um, our, our buddy darts been asking in, trying to get on the show like i said he was our media question our our mailbag question last week so maybe we'll get a third maybe we'll get some third eyes for you guys to get a uh some more predictions because we all third love eyes. doctor strange mm-hmm. hey, hey. tag team battle royal okay yeah. i think so best friends lucha brothers butcher and blade top flight 2.0 reynolds and silver too many bodies. Bruce and Preston Vance, Aussie Open, Tony Nese and Ari Davari were the teams involved. And Jeff Jarrett as well. And I'm all best friends in Aussie Open were also in this. So Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal end up taking the bag here. They win this. Jeff Jarrett actually wins the match, like legitimately wins it. I just. When Jeff Jarrett came to AEW, I was a little worried he would take some spots. It hadn't felt like he did that yet. When he got the tag, him and Lethal got their tag team match, it made sense for the title. And yes, I'll repeat that. They had a tag team championship match about a month ago. 
it was fine. It felt like it was just a passing by program. But now they're going to the pay-per-view? When you had Aussie Open get eliminated first, by the way? Nah, actually, I, so, I did catch who got eliminated first. It was it was Nice and Navari. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where I just think this was, I, I would have picked literally any other team in this match. I would have picked Nice and Navari. Yeah, I, that's the only thing I don't understand. It's like, of all the teams in this match, you picked the one team nobody would want. But it's also like, I don't know. I I don't think this tag team title match will matter much, to be honest with you. That's why I think that's... The only way it's going to matter is if FTR is in the match. If FTR win Wednesday as a Which surprise Joker... Which I think is Joker, unlikely. I don't think... It is unlikely, but if they win Wednesday as a surprise Joker, that the fucking talk of the town is going to be FTR again, and you can let them win the match, or I, I, do we really want them to win it in a four-way? I don't know. That's up for a whole other debate. Right. I think FTR... The only way we can get some blood injected into this is if they're a surprise joker in the Casino Battle Royal and win the thing. Yeah. Other than I mean, that, I, I really, I was really hoping, and you're you're going to know exactly what I mean. Butcher and Blade have been getting a lot of talk lately about, wow, we, we've been pointing it out. People are getting onto them. They're realizing how good these guys are. This would have been a perfect match to have them win. Have Butcher win this match. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, just I don't know why they couldn't have done that. The Butcher and the Blade are a pay per view quality team, in my opinion. They could be a part of this match and make it fun. I don't know. And now we got the guns, the acclaimed Jarrett Lethal. Like, really? What's maybe they're thinking the acclaimed will carry the match? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I hope for the for the fucking sake of the tag team division right now because I'm I'm really worried if I mean who do you think's even gonna take uh, who could even take the other spot now if it's not FTR I guess the Lucha Brothers just to get them on the show that's what I was thinking that's the one that makes Maybe. The most sense but yeah because then they there's your part of the, there's your quality you know it's the same argument as FTR there's your match quality right you know but like yeah in a perfect world I think we had Aussie Open win this one. And then FTR win the next one. And I think you have a really high quality match that has multiple elements to it. You got the New Japan element. You know to what it. the problem with that is, though, is if you have that match with Aussie Open on the other side, man, it's great because then you get people be like, oh, Aussie Open's on the AEW pay per view. But like, yep. it, then it becomes Aussie Open versus FTR with the guns and the acclaimed in the background. That's what it becomes. So. Which I'm okay with that, considering. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Most likely, gonna like, are get. Are we just gonna bury both of those teams? Like, I mean, okay. It's it, it's up to those other teams to see if they can stick out with having two of the elite tag teams in their fucking ring, you know. So I guess I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, I, are you, are it, you as down on worth, this as I am is right it now? Worth ruining the mystique of the acclaim to do that is all I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't think. Uh, I think the acclaimed would do perfectly fine in that situation. I think, I think they've elevated themselves enough to where they. I, I just I know what you mean like though. that. Like especially like let's let's take because um, even the match they had against FTR, the guns they didn't the look like. Let's say the champions are like the Lucha Bros or something like that. They're just the worst team in that match. You know what I mean? So if you by adding the guns, you kind of make it even more obvious. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't even know. I think they might have made the right move in this case. You just need the last team to either be like a really banger team like the Lucha Bros or or FTR. And otherwise, beyond that, I don't really know what you do with it. You know? I think FTR would be a fucking home run. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a homer for the team. But 
I, I think for we need these guys back at the ring too. But I don't know if Dax can even wrestle. And, you know, we didn't talk about it in news, but there's been a lot. Like, Dax is almost kind of taking shots at AEW on his social media. I don't know what's going on with all that. I, I just... I, I If Dax goes back to WWE, I'm going to feel a, a certain couple of ways. And I just... I hope it's all a ruse. He shows up. And... Honestly, I'm starting to think best case scenario is fucking Cassidy and... Matt Hardy win next week. <laughs> like I, that's that that's all I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing red. I mean, if they do that, then you know the acclaimed are just winning the titles back. I mean, there's because if the guns retain out of that match, it's like the worst match on the pay per view. You know. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about all the teams that are in it. Um, I'm I'm assuming there's going to be surprise, but at the end of the show, let's move on from this video package about the House of Black talking about the problem this company and eradicate it. They have called it the elite for Rampage this Friday to talk about their status. Uh, Renee Paquette backstage with Tony Khan. By the way, calling it now, Malachi Black is referencing CM Punk. Oh. Renee Paquette is backstage with Tony Khan. Said his important announcement should be made by an AEW talent, which is the same thing they did for Forbidden Door. And Adam Cole walked in, so my brain was thinking, okay, we're officially announcing Forbidden Door 2. It's not the case. There will be a weekly one-hour TV series immediately called AW All Access. He said that about 12 times. It will be an unfiltered look at AW and Cole. said this is something you won't want to miss as he'll be able to show his ups and downs. Cole said that night, the show debuts. He will make his in-ring return on that episode of Dynamite. They said it debuts in March, but we don't have a date, so I take it it's not next week. So is Adam Cole not wrestling at Revolution? Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, I didn't think, think he that's was. The case I, thought, I thought if he was, we would have gotten some kind of announcement that he was back by now. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I just I remember didn't think I thought about. I thought maybe if they were going to try and like sneak him in, like I thought maybe they'd do like um, they could have snuck him in like the face of the revolution match. But that's not going to be on uh, the pay-per-view now. So um, so obviously that's not the case. I didn't know that obviously till Rampage, but. Yeah, um, which I think is uh, not to bury that. I, I think that's a great call. Yeah, I no, that's how many that was, matches we have already. That was the right. We move, didn't yeah. need that. And now, honestly, I hope that it kind of sticks like that. It doesn't need Same. to be on the pay-per-view. It's a good build up. to. The, someone mentioned that it's actually a great build up to the pay-per-view to do that, to have it on TV like a few weeks or a week before yeah. the pay-per-view, because then people are like, what's the face of revolution? Revolution, the pay-per-view. Oh, so it's connected to that, and it also still gets you, what is it, a TNT title shot? So, you know. Um... Yeah, it's who's going to be facing Joe. But um, AW All Access, uh, it, it, here's the thing. It's a reality thing. The only thing that truly interests me about this show, because I'm seeing what they're going to do with it. You got Britt Baker and Adam Cole. We're going to be talking about their real-life relationship. The thing that interests me most is they have both Sammy and Eddie on the show. If the first episode comes along and we hear that they're actually going to talk about what happened between those two guys and they're going to show what happened. Okay. You have my interest, but again, I, I don't think they're going to, get I am interested Get him to reenact the pie face. No, but you know what I mean? If we dive into that and they kind of talk about what happened. Okay. That's a legit unfiltered look. You got my attention. I, I, I still I'm still waiting to see saying some... it's like the greatest thing of all time. Like it's just I don't know. It's it's fine. I don't I think really... it's gonna be like every other one of them. every other one of these behind the scenes wrestling things. And you know, it'll be the people that are into those, you know, kind of uh, relationship stuff, I mean, they're gonna like love it. Total Bellas. 
and they don't even yeah, watch exactly. wrestling. So, I mean, you know, if it can draw... And maybe this will attract more viewers, yeah. but... I'm, I think I'm hoping we get like funny clips of Eddie Kingston every week. Here, I'll check out the first episode. I'm not even gonna lie. As long as I'm watching Dynamite Live, if I think about it, right? But you know, this is one of those things where I just lost my train of thought. But um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to touch on that? Yeah, like I said, I'll just I'll care when they when I have reason to. But I don't know. I will say this. Uh, my my biggest thought on this is um. They got to change how they phrase when Tony Khan's going to announce something new. Because I this to me was like carny bullshit. You know what I mean? Like uh, they 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 saw the ratings take a dip, and they were like, "Well, how do we get the ratings back up?" Every time I make an announcement, the ratings go up. So then, which is like, I'm you know you you expect some carny bullshit in wrestling, but like I don't know, AEW really doesn't do that. Not in that way, anyway. They work yeah. with the actual matches and the story. They don't work exactly with, with yeah the, with the announcements like i'm sure there were people if that anything, bought their tickets to this show because they thought maybe maybe not specifically because of tony's announcement but when they saw that was something that was going to be on the show they were like oh shit okay i'm glad i'm going to this show now it's something that kind of made it stand uh, one thing that really kind of made it start to stand out like maybe it's not going to be that big is they didn't even mention it at all during the show until it happened it was just kind of like there in the background yeah they mentioned it once at the top of the show with the, yeah. the pre like the you know the matches of the night shit and then they didn't really bring it back up until he made the announcement well, here's weird. the good thing about tony khan whenever he says he has an announcement or something he has something he wants to deliver and it doesn't deliver he tries to double down and make the next thing that much better and that's been what he's done his entire career that and let's see if you know, the word of mouth of this wasn't that positive. Some people were really bummed out about it. Some people don't care. I think I'm along the lines of I don't really care. At Revolution, Tony Khan announces, I am now the new owner of WWE. Yeah, I think either way, he's got to start pumping out some stuff now. Let's pump out. We've signed a wrestler. Let's do something. Let's. I hope we do what we did with Swerve here. last year, man. I hope they bring somebody out at Revolution and be like, yo, we signed this guy. But fuck it. Make it Tony Deppin. Yeah, you can do it easily. So... Oh my god! I just lost my train of thought again. All right, that yeah, I had. All right. since you lost your train of thought, here's here's how you do it. You do the same thing with Swerve. Like after like I don't know whatever it was like the third match. You know you have Tony Tony Khan or Tony Khan. Well, you could have Tony Khan do it, but Tony Schiavone go to the top of the ramp and be like, you know, we'd like to introduce to you a new wrestler. And then Tony Deppin comes out and be like, uh, this is actually a big important announcement that Tony Khan wanted me to make because Tony Deppin's actually the first officially signed to Ring of Honor under Ring of Honor contract. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You could easily do something like that. Assuming you're not going to use them on AEW TV. I mean, if you're going to use them in AEW, then obviously say fuck AEW. But I would think that would be cool. Throw a little emphasis on Ring of Honor on their pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Supercard of Honor is looking like it could be something special. I'm very, very excited. You know, we should talk about Dude, the Ring of Honor. So, yeah. let's. Do you actually want to talk a little Ring of Honor spoilers since we're getting close to No, no. We won't jump into spoilers. But let's say. Well, let's just say that we saw the card for the first Ring of Honor show. It looks like a fucking awesome show it does and so ring of honor is starting next week we will kind of just be like low-key covering it in our news if it gets to a point where ring of honor is big and we do a whole separate show on it so be it we've maybe that's the the inspiration for a second show for us we'll we'll keep an eye on that as it comes but i think right now tentatively the plan is to cover it during news or cover it at the very end we're gonna test it out both times see see what you guys think but 
I, I remember what Expect I was trying to say. Expect there's a now. banger ass match on any episode of Ring of Honor television. Yeah, uh, we'll we can talk, talk about, about Tony Khan officially announced the first main event, and it's AR Fox and Claudio Castagnoli. Oh, yeah, that's right. We can talk about that. So that already gets gets me hyped because obviously we're AR Fox guys here, but also that'll just be a good match. Um, and yeah, just saying from what else we saw, the rest of the card looks just as good. So it does. So okay. Uh, the I think the most important note about the third show is everyone's kind of when we we were having fun with the sky is falling week. If everyone's you know, then they start taking. It's funny because you know at, what I love about that is the sky was falling week was two weeks after I went on my fucking tirade about fucking how yeah. how I and was now, like pissed that nobody was acknowledging that this shit could be actually bad. And then, of course, not two weeks later, and I can't even take the credit for it because if I did, people would be like, "Well, no, we just come up with this because of the ratings," and it's like. What do you go back three weeks ago on the pod? That's what I was referencing was the ratings. But anyway, um, and and now, but it, I was mostly just trying to play devil's advocate because I always see so much of the other side of oh, everything is great and AEW is going to get a thousand million times fucking increase, and it's like no, but like I was just trying to push back a little bit, you know, and and something you know what this this makes me think too is if if we're lining up some more AEW catalog. Right, AW itself is getting more of catalog because I got to be honest. I don't know how much they're going to promote Roth to the top if they end up getting their own. You see what I'm saying? If if AW gets its own slab, yeah, and Warner Brothers Discovery's HBO Max is is Roads to the top going to be promoted? Well, I would think. Or are would, we going to promote well, more AW all access? Here's how they could do that. They don't have AW promoted if AW is not comfortable with that, which I don't know why they wouldn't be because he's still one of their top guys ever. You know what no, I mean? but they'll have it in their reality section now, but you can promote this as your reality show. Well, yeah, I would expect this to become like the big, I expect this to be shoved down our throats like Roads to the top was, you know what I mean? And that'll be fine just to get the show established. Um, but I think, um, I yeah, I think Roads to the Top, you just put it in the same category on the streaming service and you just hope yep. that Roads to the Top doesn't do better in a VOD form. But there's also going to be new episodes of AEW All Access, so that might be the thing that tips people to watch one over the other. I, I'll, I'll say this. If if somebody is watching every episode of AEW All Access, Roads to the Top would be a perfect show for them. So, you know, because it was the same thing, just with the Cody yeah. Rhodes focus. So, you know. It might make them more fans of Ricky Starks like it made me. Right. So, I, I, I will say this. It definitely goes into what I was saying and the reason why I referenced that pod from a few weeks ago. Because one of the things I said in it is there's a difference between being steady in your ratings and being able to ask for a new show or a new hour of television or a new time slot. This feels a lot better to me because they asked for a new show and it wasn't a weird time slot, admittedly, you know, 11 o'clock on Saturdays. But um, I mean, the fact that they could ask for a new show and get give, given the new show, I think it says a lot about their relationship with Warner right now. Um, yeah. So so that'll be interesting to follow because now we and, got... And we know reality TV fucking is kill, kills on TV. So Warner's oh probably God. fucking and if, if you, so happy Anytime I go to Netflix, the, the hottest thing getting promoted is some new fucking show about fucking hot studs making love. I mean... <laughs> what, that, dude, that's the outrunners right there. What have we here? John Moxley, Evil Uno, main event. Um, all I can picture is him being in that headlock and just gushing blood uno gushing that is moxley didn't bleed until after which i think 
I, I sent you a joke uh, tweet during the week about righteous righteous Reg <laughs> had another great tweet this week where he said, "Get your think pieces ready because Moxley's probably going to bleed." Yeah, I know. Every time somebody bleeds more than three seconds in wrestling, everybody's like, is bleeding in wrestling really necessary? Is it dangerous? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he, Reg, just, Reg was just like, get your think pieces ready now. <laughs> I love that guy, man. But yes, so Moxley beat the piss out of him. Uno even tried to cheap shot him. It didn't matter. But here's what I'll say. I enjoyed this. It was like eight minutes. And it was a fun little main event. I thought Moxley looked like a fucking beast. Silver and Reynolds made the save. Claudio and Wheeler ran off to fend them off. Paige had seen enough, sprinted to the ring with the barbed wire wrapped around his fist, popped Moxley right in the All face. All right, I got to call out the sound guy again. Fire this fucking sound guy. He fired Dark Order's music when fucking Hangman ran to the ring. What is this guy Dude, doing? There, yes. there were people fucking scared that Hangman got a new theme. Bro. That, well, that just lets us know, A, they don't know the Dark Order. Yeah, uh, they, they don't the know the Dark Order. Well, the Dark Order's never on TV, so there you go. But Yeah. Um, but they fired Dark Order music. It, I was like, either we got a major spoiler from the sound guy, or the sound guy has no fucking clue what planet he's on. You know, like... He ain't got a clue what's going on. Man's firing up the bong more than he's firing up the music over there. Like, goddamn. Well, what'd you think of uh, Evil Uno just bleeding corpse? Yeah, Evil Uno was uh, was covered in blood. Um, it's I wonder if he just goes heavier with it because of the mask. Like he knows he's gonna have to bleed more for it to for it to really show. You know? Yeah, I, he must have got himself good. I I yeah I don't you know, but uh you know I think um if Uno gets known as like the bloody mask guy, that'd be pretty cool, you know. Um, but I don't know. Like that said, one was... like infamous gif of him fucking chugging milk in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, with him pouring out of the mask. I forgot about that. Yeah, no, now that I think about it, it might be beer, but whatever it is, either way, like, whatever he was trying to drink with the mask on, and he just leaned into it because it was a good episode of BTE. But um, yeah, no, I mean. Like I said, it was eight minutes. It wasn't, like, too long. If it had been longer, it probably would have been... I mean, he might have died from blood loss, but, you know, like... um, <laughs> But it was a brutal... Oh, yeah, he took that brutal stair bump, too, a bump into the stairs. Yeah. yeah, his legs are, like, shaped in a way that I don't know if, like, when he tries to bump into the stairs, he just, like, almost dies, which is fine, you know? I mean, it's what it is, but... um, I will say, I don't want to... I don't usually do this. Uno did look a little rough in this match not like his wrestling but he didn't look i I don't fat shame but uno looked a little like he could have i've seen uno look normal before whatever normal means you know what i mean he kind of looked like i don't know maybe he wasn't expecting them to like give him this feud or something maybe i'm just being a dick but um it's just maybe he's wearing a little tight outfit. I mean, that's what I would look like out there. A big old tight outfit, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean. It's one of those things, right? It, yeah, I know what you mean, though. And not May- that it changes any perceptions for me about Uno. I just felt like I was like, oh, I feel like I've seen Uno look better before. But whatever. It was just a, it was just a, something I noticed. Um, But uh, that, that'll be the thing I get canceled for right there. But anyway, um, but <laughs> yeah, um. Other than other than the sound guy needing to be fired from a cannon, uh, I, I enjoyed pretty much everything about this. Fired from a cannon. Let's jump into Rampage, huh? This is we'll kind of go through baby. Rampage a little quicker because we're already two hours in. But you guys know the vibes. Lexi and Ayers is interviewing the best friends. Interrupted by Big Bill, Lee Moriarty, and the Gun Club. Jump the best friends. Beat them up with a pipe. After a commercial, Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen checked on the best friends who were getting medical attention. 
Be, yeah, basically that. set up the title match for, for Dynamite. Lee Moriarty looking good. Uh, Tony Storm with Soraya defeated Willow Nightingale. And yeah, uh, this match didn't get much time. Uh, Tony's hip attacks still are just some of the best fucking shit, man. Bro, this is L week for Willow, though. Willow just taking all the L's this week. You know what? It really was. I actually didn't even think about that, but L week for Willow. Not a good sign. Ah, she'll be fine. They like her. Yeah, she'll be fine. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know what I'm saying. I am, you know, let's let's peek behind the curtain for a second. Your boy is like very, uh, today was, this was a long week. So I think that's why I've lost my train of thought like eight times. I had two massive exams and we're doing this on a examined. late night Sunday. And you know what? We do it because we love fucking wrestling. Yeah, I, I totally didn't and wake love up the show. Uh, an hour late because I decided to take a nap. That didn't happen. And hey, that's okay though because yeah. Um, so next week you will be. I'm gonna be fully refreshed and rolling. You, this is something I actually wanted to ask you. Fuck it, I'll just ask you now because if someone's listening an hour and fifty one minutes into the show, they they they're, might they're actually be interested. It. So we got Sakura Genesis coming up. We've already talked about that. We were wanting to probably cover that. That show is probably like a five a.m. show. So I'm curious, would people be interested? If the pod is uploaded at like literally like 9 a.m., we just watch the show, record it right after. Or because that's the thing about these Jap- Japan shows, because we've also talked about, you know, should we jump into like that the, the Triangle Derby? The end of it is yeah. like, I want to say like March. It's it's the week after Revolution. So we could hypothetically get like a big pay-per-view show nearly once a week through March, if if this ends up working out the way it might. Depending, so, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. that sounds like a lot of podcasting, but I mean, hey. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it, whatever it takes, you know what I mean? Whatever um, it takes. I'm down. I just, we, yeah, we right? need, to, that could be fun, we need you know? to lay out the schedule a little bit, and then we'll obviously start, because then we can try and, then we can promote it on the podcast a little bit, be like, yo, we're going to be doing all these shows, the dates. bitches, you know? Yeah, try and group together some of the dates and have some fun with it, but yeah. Uh, any other notes you had from this match? Uh, the spray paint was back out. Ruby Soho ran to make the save. I actually liked Ruby wanting to save Willow because yeah, I, that's I liked what I was getting at. Like we we didn't know where she fell, and then she made the save on the spray paint. So I guess she's on on the side of Britain. And uh, I mean, I guess she's not necessarily, but it, it's she's leaning that way. It seems you know uh, because of her baby face, you know, uh, alignment, if you will, for like D and D, you know, um, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, this storyline just honestly should have maybe been like started. Like, I've I've said this a few times with AEW stuff. Maybe this should have been started a few weeks later. Don't know what you would have put on TV in its place. Um, just so that it could be closer to the pay per view. Maybe it needed that just because it wasn't. I don't know. It just didn't end up needing as much time as the feud got. Doesn't it feel like that a little bit? Not that I feel like it should have been shortened on TV. I think it actually should have been given more time on TV, but because it wasn't. Maybe it should have been moved closer to the pay per view. That kind of ends up feeling a little bit. Yeah, I it, know what you mean. It feels like it had sure. too much room to breathe. Almost like there was like almost like a week or two. there was a week where I think they just kind of put it on pause because they didn't have anything for it to do and they didn't know what they wanted to do with Ruby yet. So you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure it'll be a good match the pay per view. Hopefully, yeah, agreed, agreed. I, I I'm hoping it's. Uh... I don't know. Triple threat is so more, random. You know, they can be really yeah, good or it can really... sometimes just completely fall apart or it can be really fun. Yeah. yeah. 
Last Wednesday, after Dynamite, Lexionaire's interview with the Acclaim was interrupted when Triple J jumped them. Lethal put Caster in a figure four leg lock while Sanjay Dutt tried to take his eye out with a pencil. TBS champion Jade cut a promo on the women's division, welcoming all comers and basically reminding us, you know, hey, I'm here. This is, you know, what, what right, are you guys two doing? Weeks, or, sorry, yeah, two weeks out from the pay-per-view, Jade needs a match. Seems like the uh, story is old as time. What, are, why have they not just said, like, let's, uh, let's do a storyline like four weeks out from the pay-per-view for Jade because the last time that they did that, it was boring. I'm starting to, it's starting to reach the point of what's stopping them from her just calling off the champion if she's this fucking dominant. I guess they just don't want to cross those waters behind the scenes, I guess, but in kayfabe. I, I don't like, think uh, technically nothing, right? She's like 50. She should be calling out the world she's champion. She's the greatest wrestler in AEW history because she's 53 and 0 and like. But essentially, like, yeah. also can't call out the world champion because she's currently a champion. It's the weirdest thing ever. I think they just need to get the TBS title off her at this point, which you need to get her going for that world title at some point. If, if that's the route, it's got right now, if you were going to have somebody, I don't, I don't think Jamie, Jamie's title reign should end just yet, but if you were going to have somebody do it, Jade would be the perfect heel because it would keep her well like it's not undefeated but it would keep her like strong if you will to use that term that people use sometimes and it would also i don't think jamie hater really loses anything for losing to somebody like jade who's just like an unstoppable no. yeah no man. so i don't know yeah exactly lance archer defeats bryce saturn i thought the the pre-bump there was pretty good the backdrop onto the ramp things got worse for saturn he got hit with a crossbody block leveled the clothesline Lance Archer's back with Jake the Snake. Yeah, I was I was wondering if Jake the Snake was going to be with him, and I was like, okay, I'm 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 they've both been gone long enough. I'm I'm happy to have them back. I expect Jake Roberts to be back for about three weeks, and then have a problem with somebody backstage and leave again. But it's fine. Um, yep. Keith Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes agree to take on Swerve Strickland and Parker Boudreaux in a tag match next week. What did you think of Keith Lee's new look? Um, that jacket though. Keith Lee Woo-hoo. looking like uh, Devon after he left Bubba Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder what the inspiration for it was because I feel like knowing Keith Lee, he's, he's got, got some like some, crazy fucking uh, inspiration yeah, some that it's just shit. like mind blowing that like, this this man came up with it. But you know, he looks, he looks cool. I don't know. He does look cool. I saw some people memeing it on Twitter a little bit. Like it was memeable. It was definitely memeable. Keith Lee went from you know because you know how it is. I love the cherry pick. They showed a picture of him with both titles in NXT because he was world champ and like another title, and then they show him in that. And they're like, oh, this is. This is what happens when you go to AEW. It's like, goddamn, you cherry picking son of a bitch. But you know, <laughs> he's also like aging. Like, so like, he was also fired and didn't leave. It's <laughs> also true. This is, uh... <laughs> but um, I, I'm kind of glad he's embracing the gray hair because it just yeah, seems like that much more badass. They try and like they just for a minute for a while and it, it's fine. But like, I don't know. I just, I prefer. I get probably the just for men every two weeks. It's, it feels like um, uh, I respect it more personally when they just say, you know what? Fuck it. You get older as you get older. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know? Fuck it. Send it's not it like in. Keith Lee's 53 years old. Like he's, he's not. So, you know. So main event. Sammy Guevara defeating Action Andretti. We had a little interview before the match. Garcia said he would like Garcia said he would see to it that Guevara would start getting the respect he deserves. Andretti was on a six match winning streak going into this. The match soon went to the floor. Andretti whipped Gar- Guevara into the barricade. He 
used to barricade as a springboard for a body block on Guevara. Back in the ring, Guevara hit Andretti with a knee. Andretti countered a sunset flip into a Falcon Arrow for a, ne- Falcon Arrow for a near fall. The match went back to the floor. Andretti reversed the suplex attempt while the crowd chanted, Sammy sucks! Sammy sucks! You suck dick! Uh, Andretti hit a 450 splash from the apron onto the floor as the show went to a split-screen break. Lots of great action took place during the split-screen break. After the break, Guevara got his knees up when Andretti went for a split-legged moonsault. Guevara hit some kind of inverted DDT for a near fall. Guevara missed the 450 but landed on his feet. Athletic freak. Andretti caught him with a dropkick. Springboard kick nearly knocked Guevara out. Andretti went for the Guevara's GHT. Or, or no, that's supposed to be GTH, right? Go to hell. Mm-hmm. Guevara flipped out, exchanged elbow strikes with, with Andretti. Guevara hits a knee strike, a super kick, another knee strike, charged into a Spanish fly. By the way, that Spanish fly. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. This is the shit I talk about with Guevara. I, I think this guy has the ability to put on one of those, like, super quick, you know, yeah, memorable 15-minute like matches. I feel like this matches. was a good example of, and this is the same thing I've seen Sammy do. It's like sometimes, I feel like this match could have been like a four or five-star match between these two, right? I wonder what it was. Yeah. Um, I'm saying like if they would let it like really go, you know, and given it some time. But I think the thing is, sometimes Garcia is given both of those things. Like, they could have gone over on, maybe not on Rampage, but, like, they could have, like, gotten a little bit more time if he had just asked for it, you know? Not that I'm saying that it's his fault that it didn't get that long. I'm just saying he maybe he could, he's got enough, you know, uh, pull backstage to get that. And I feel like, yeah. I don't know, it's like the third Sammy match that I've watched now where I was like, other than the, other than the Danielson matches, which were both pretty good, but besides that, I can't really think of a match recently where I didn't feel like Guevara could have done more, you know? Like, it could have been a bigger, better, better match. Yeah, it's one of those... I mean, honestly, it almost feels like since the Cody match, um, there's always been something you're... Because now that we've seen he can reach that limit, where he can go out there and have one of the best matches that, you know, it was still... I haven't seen a ladder match. Uh, that ladder match was fucking great. And uh, 1v1 ladder matches are hard to do it for me. Like, I'm just... That's just me. That's a me thing. Usually if I've done I, everything and then like nine, if I love ladder things. matches, it's usually tags, but that's totally a me thing. And they Cody and Sammy in that fucking ladder match. That's one of my favorite one V one ladder matches. But yeah, after the Spanish fly Andretti hit a springboard sent on for a near another near fall Andretti hit a huge shotgun drop kick, but behind the refs back Garcia nailed Andretti with a clothesline. Guevara then finished off Andretti with the go to hell for the pinfall. Really good match. After the match, Jericho left commentary to celebrate with Guevara and Garcia to end the show. All right, Charlie. I got Excuse a question. Me. Yeah. What the fuck do you do with Action Andretti at this point? You know, maybe go the Dante Martin route, except he doesn't have a legitimate brother of a tag team that you can rely on. But uh, I would, at this point, have him coast a little bit, right? Because I don't think you want to put him in a title scene. Maybe maybe you do him and Hobbs next. Maybe you do him and Lance Archer. Do you really want him to lose again? I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't think he's winning either of those feuds. I don't think he has. I think winning... I don't know if he's going to be one of those guys that's winning a lot from here on out. <sighs> I, mean, I, I think he to... got his big win, right? But he's going to win... Like I, I mean, but before this match, he was 6-0. and oh. He was on a six-match win streak, too, so... I don't know. Um, I don't want to team him with Ricky Starks. I don't want to see that tag team. Yeah, I really. I'm hope cool if they have their, each other's backs. 
like you know Dante and Seidel do. Like they don't tag team anymore. Yeah, that's but they got each other's back. Really happen all that often in AEW, where two guys will go their separate ways after teaming together. Like I kind of hope that's how Jungle Boy and Hook are. They're not just like this is a one time thing. Like if they... yeah, he'll randomly pop up and have his back. Yeah, like if he needs it, but if he doesn't need it, then. Maybe you could put Action Andretti with the best friends. It's like having Maybe. a tag team without having a tag team. You know what I mean? Like you could put him in the factory. You could have him wrestle Ring of Honor as, you know, there's a lot of individual wrestlers over there that are probably going to be looking for work, like a Tony Deppin. I would I would like to see that match. Yeah, I would too, but I just don't know. I just don't know where you go with him at this point. That's kind of where I'm a little It's a good it's a good I I'm sure there are some people that are like, "Oh, AEW gave him a win and they never knew what to do with him after." It's like, yeah, he's he's a side piece in a program that doesn't involve him. But at the same time, I guess it is just one of those things of the fact that he's even a piece in this is still kind of insane. Oh, yeah, but I'm just no, – Right? It's, it's – I just it, – it felt like they had a plan for him, you know? You know what I'd do with him? ROH pure title. Okay. Especially if you have – Maybe have if, him – because Wheeler's turning uh, heel, if you, right? If Yuta starts to lean into the heel, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could see him and Yuta doing a little something-something. But again, I don't know if he's going to be Ring of Honor. I think he's AEW. How cool is that? That like two, like two, not even two years ago, like a year and a half ago, Wheeler was like not even getting any reaction from the crowd in his matches. He would come out and do for the best friends. Now he's one of the most over faces, and he's about to be one of the most over heels. It's crazy. Like, I, I'm so happy for the guy. <laughs> and what what a turnaround for Claudio? Because again, for years, even though he was one of the best wrestlers, because they never let him do anything real, the crowd just was kind of like, "Oh, we like you," but. Uh, so it's got to feel good for that guy at this point that everything that they keep validating you know what i mean like so i think that was one of the better rampages we've had this year rampage hasn't been particularly strong but in in the year that we've had so far i thought that was one of the better ones including the young bucks match and then that main event and you know i wish the other stuff got a little more time but it is uh about a 45 minute 48 minute show i believe with the commercial so yeah next week on dynamite holy shit i think we're loaded up I, I'm really liking this card because I, there's actually a name we haven't mentioned once tonight, which is a little surprising. I think we've just had a lot to talk about. Face of the Revolution ladder match for the future TNT title shot that we mentioned early. Commander, AW debut. If you guys have not seen Commander, please just, just watch like a YouTube compilation of this guy. You get yourself excited for this match because he is going to be fun. Commander versus Kanosuke Takeshita, who is probably, a, dare I say, our favorite guy, versus Ortiz. Versus Action Andretti, versus Sammy Guevara, versus Powerhouse Hobbs, versus Eddie Kingston, versus AR Fox. Ortiz and Kingston back in the match. We got Andretti and Guevara doing a little stuff here. Hobbs maybe targeting Takeshita. We got AR Fox, who we know just had a match with Takeshita. Oh, uh, fuck, shouldn't have said that. We uh, Those guys wrestled. And, and, you know, what did you think of... Uh, what, what do you think of all the contenders? And, and fuck it, it is a preview week. So who do you got winning this thing? I, you know what? Fuck it. I've decided. I, I know what you do with Andretti. You have him win this match. Okay, that'd be fucking huge. Him versus uh, potentially Wardlow would be awesome, but obviously versus Joe. I mean, he's not going to beat Joe, but that would be a huge match for him. I'm sure Joe would give him a good match. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Here's here's my thing. It's the pay per view. It's for the future TNT title. Wait, 
is Joe already scheduled for the pay per view? Is this not at the pay per view? No, I don't think. Not, I don't think this title match is going to be know at the pay per view. The title Joe's, match at the pay per view is Joe versus Wardlow. Yeah, so this is okay. Be a you know future what? Title shot for sure. That changes my thought because I was going to say Takeshita because Takeshita versus Joe I think is the biggest match. Oh yeah, but I. I, I that's by the way who I think actually probably will win is Takeshita. I mean it's who I would like to win. It's probably who'll be rooting for. But I would also face of the ladder match. I'm gonna take Ortiz. Okay. I I, I think I, Ortiz I, is I searching a for a big win. Ortiz is is primed for a really good singles run. Like I think he's searching for that big win, and this is it. And you know what? He's you know what? Have him knock Eddie off the ladder to do it too. Yeah, do something really emotional with this. Or, if not him, Aaron Fox, because I will, I will keep rooting. Maybe, for him. maybe the way you tie up that storyline so that Eddie can go on and do his own thing is that they sort of reconcile. They're not friends anymore, but Eddie could have won the match, and he chooses to let Ortiz win. Now I know that's gonna be like, oh, he let him win, but like I feel like the AEW could pull that off. Yeah, I mean it's fucking Eddie Kingston. He can make anything work, you know. <sighs> Casino Tag Team Battle Royale for a spot in the Tag Team Title Match at Revolution. Okay, here are the teams. Top Flight, I'd be okay with. I'd be very happy with. I'd be over the moon. Aussie Open, over the moon. 2.0, meh. Best Friends, I, I, I'd be, I, I don't know if I want them in this match. There's not, nothing against those teams. I like the teams, by the way. Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. The Kingdom. Meh. Preston Vance and Roosh? Fuck yeah. That'd be awesome. I'd, I'd be cool with them. Claudio and Wheeler. I would be very okay with that. Get your Ring of yeah, Honor guys I mean, on the show. Why not? Right, yeah. Fuck it. Lucha Bros. Of course, we love them. And the Butcher and the Blade. Pounding the fucking table. Boom, boom, boom. If it wasn't 1am, I'd be pounding the table. Yes, yeah, so going into this match, let's get the Butcher and the Blade. Let's get them on a big pay-per-view again. It's been a little bit. Let's get Preston Vance and Roosh. I, I still think FTR is the Joker, man. I feel like that's the only thing that makes but sense. But if we have a Joker and it's FTR, I think that's the big money shot. That injects blood into your ta- – in, I don't even know if they can wrestle right now. But that injects so much blood into this tag team four-way at Revolution that truly would make it one of the hottest matches on the card. I'm trying to think who else would be a good Joker, but like maybe – Bushimon or something like that. I don't know. That'd be cool. I don't think that could happen, but it'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I mean, maybe the factory. <laughs> um, AW All-Atlantic Championship. <laughs> the workhorseman. Orange Cassidy <laughs> versus Large William. Large William. Does he lose the title? Um, No, probably not, but it'd be a really good. No. It'd probably be a banger match, though. I want it to be. I, w- I want him to open the show again. I'm very curious about this. FTW Championship, Hook versus Matt Hardy. Bro, that's gonna that could sleep or be a really good match. Like, like that's looking awesome. Chris Jericho versus Peter Avalon. You know what? Good for Peter getting a fucking match on Rampage against Chris Jericho. Or a match on Dynamite. Hell yeah, dude. Pretty Peter getting in Peter. There. New hair. New and new then vibe. new new match. Tony Storm versus the returning Riho. We mentioned last week she's most likely on her way back. Here we go. First matches with Tony Storm, bro. This is gonna be a fucking great match. Count me in. And then MGF and Danielson will speak. So, real quick, I'll run through the card we have for Revolution. 60 minute Iron Man match, MGF versus Danielson. Women's championship match, Hater versus Ruby versus Soraya. TNT Championship, Joe versus Wardlow. 
Tag Team Championship, the Gun versus the Acclaims versus Triple J versus TBD. AW World Trios Championship, the Elite versus the House of Black. Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. JS is banned from ringside. And a Texas death match. John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. To the death. With how loaded that card is, I'm very glad we're getting the face of the revolution match. How many more matches are getting added before Donovan. the show? We got Jungle Boy and, J- and Christian, right? It, right, yeah. Jade's probably going to have a match on the pre-show. Fair enough. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe maybe just a one match pre show, thirty minutes of pre. I think Orange Cassidy's getting a match on the show. Uh, okay, yeah, that's yeah, three. Yeah, okay, that okay, fair enough. I mean, because I think the joke being obviously AW likes to add shit the last week, you know, but like, yeah, of course, of course, but yeah, I think Jericho or uh, Christian and, and Jungle Boy for sure. Yeah, that's definitely the tacked on match. That may be the like, that might be the other pre show match if they do two. You know what I mean? I could see that. I know it's like, oh, it's a big time feud, but like, it's just so late in the game to be putting it on. Like, maybe do it at the next. We have a sixty-minute match on the show. It's got to be a smaller card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Jade and Orange Cassidy don't even have matches on the show. Maybe they're the headlines for Dynamite the week after. It could be. So we know they like to do that too. But that'll be it for us, everyone. Two hours and eleven minutes. Thank you for hanging out with us. We will be back with three shows next week. Predictions. Pay per view, Eat Sleep Elite. Usually, though, I think the way we do it is predict. Uh, we do the Eat Sleep Elite. We do the predictions and the pay per view, and we can actually space them all out now because the pay per view is not on Saturday this week, yeah. so we can do the predictions on Saturday. But that'll be it for us. Thank you very much. Check out Good Brother Duke here on Twitch, the Duke of Derps. Oh, yeah, I forgot to promote it again. <laughs> <laughs> Bane Duke on Twitter. I'm O Charlie with an X instead of an A. Eat Sleep Elite's our community Twitter. Check it out. We'll be tweeting about uh, all the goodies this week. At this, this point, people week. are going to be like, you, you, okay, you can stop. Or you can stop pretending to be humble and not promote. I literally forget every week to promote my own fucking Christian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey it's, it's good stuff over there. Good vibes. So thank you, everyone. And we will catch you guys three times the following week. Take care. Oh. <laughs>